this life must end. And so too must the dreamers within it. For over 30 years, they've lied to their own souls. For 30 years, they've denied their own fate. But now is the end of days, and I am the Reaper. Welcome to another episode of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Sierra. And today we are talking video game inspired movies. We're going to be talking about Silent Hill and Resident Evil. And we decided to bring our good friends John and Becca from Skeleton Rose Media. What's up, guys? Hello, hello. Yeah, this is John or the Macho Man Randy <laughs> Savage coming to you to talk a little Silent Hill here. Because this was a video game that came out when the Macho Man was a young kid. Back in, back in the days of WrestleMania 8, kicking it down with the Resident Evil back when Johnny was a little too hot to handle and too cold to hold. Yeah, dig it! <laughs> that was perfect! <laughs> So you guys can do whatever you like with that. <laughs> For anybody listening, I'm a huge Randy Savage fan, and I just couldn't hold back any longer. You know? I, I wish I was here. All right, enjoy the episode. Uh, before we get started, I do want to talk a little bit about the video games. I feel like it would be wrong to not. Wrong to not, yeah. Um, right. I never. I only played the room for Silent Hill, and I couldn't get past like three seconds of it. Yeah, it's serious. Okay, but I've watched all of them get played. <laughs> I, I'll start out. I don't know, uh, John and Becca, if you guys are from or Roy. We don't talk about Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Just That's fucked things. up. Not the since end, the incident. Yeah. Life was the cat's out of the bag now. Um, not, to, not to steal you guys' this thunder or whatever else. I mean, it's certainly not my podcast. But since the cat's out of the bag, you know. Tonight, um, the here squirrel's at the out of the Norse tree. Camp, <laughs> yeah, tonight at the Skeleton Wars Media Camp, um, one of the biggest additions we've got for everything we're doing now is a tattoo artist that's done a bunch of work for me. A fantastic fucking dude and even better artist and a wonderful friend of mine. Uh, his name is Roy. I've mentioned him a uh, couple different times he's a huge horror nut probably the biggest horror nut that i've ever met and he's a fantastic dude so he decided to come up here and join us tonight and just have a good time so hi roy hold on <laughs> 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 yes 
we've got two celebrities <laughs> on tonight, guys. So, uh, right. John Becker, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the games. Um, I my first experience with like anything survival horror was the first Resident Evil, and I remember going to my friend's house, and it was. So I went to his house, and he's like, I got this game, you gotta check it out. And this was before I was, like, super into horror movies and stuff. And, uh, so, uh, I, I went to his house, and, uh, we, we started playing this game. He had just gotten it, and it was to the point, uh, because of, like, the camera angles to the game and stuff, you know, there's parts where you, you walk into the room, and it just shows, like, a front view of your character, and you hear something in the room, but you can't see what's there unless you step forward. And I remember sitting at his house for hours, and we would just, like, made no progress in this fucking game, because we would walk into a room and just hear a noise and be like, I'm not fucking moving forward. He'd pass me the controller and shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I I had gotten into Resident Evil quite a bit, and, um... And then Silent Hill perfected it for his little soul. Yeah, Sierra picked up when we first started dating, so this is going back like 10, 11 years ago. 11 years ago. Um, she picked up Silent Hill The Room, which is the fourth one for PlayStation, and she's like, I can't get past the worm in the subway. And I was like, I don't know what any of this means, so she gave me the game. <laughs> and, uh, it's literally a giant worm that's like going that's through like a tunnel thing on the side of the subway, and I just... So, what did you have to do to get past? That? I don't even fucking remember. So I started playing that. Roy, I was like, All right, was this like, is pretty good. I was like, I don't like when you were like, I don't know what any of this is. Roy was like, is that slang for like I want to get it on? Like, is that, is that <laughs> no, we're in the subway. You know, that does sound like a really bad, <laughs> in, like sexual innuendo. Candle, lavender candle. But no, so I started playing that, and it was. Right. In 2007, so it was right after the movie had come out. Okay. Because the movie came out in 2006. And uh, I watched the movie, and I was like, all right, I'm really interested. So then I ended up picking up, like, the second and third, which the second Silent Hill I've said before. Is perfection. I could literally make an entire podcast on just that game. Like, oh, the game. Okay. Yeah. Every, I was like, no, not the like, movie. Fuck that. I was we'll like, talk I, about haven't, that. <laughs> I haven't seen the second movie, but I have not heard good. No, don't even bother. Don't waste your time on it, John. That's our suggestion of the day. Roy, have you seen the second movie? I have not. Okay, that's don't waste rare. your time on it, homeboy. Just don't do it. I'm gonna. I'll say this: that's rare. There's not really ever a movie that I can kick out that Roy, not even Roy has seen. Like, well, he's in the right in this one, so you know, don't give him too much shit. I'm just gonna tell you that from watching that movie, part of my soul died that day. Man. <laughs> The hype I had. I bought tickets to see it in 3D. That bad, we can completely lower our standards and actually enjoy it. No. Trust me. I'm not even to. Okay, listen, listen, listen. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. It's not to the extent where it can be enjoyable bad. Like, it's so bad that it's like it goes past enjoyable bad right to just terrible. It makes no sense. Yeah. It was a Roy's disappointment. Like, well, Roy's like, well, that's so subjective because my soul died when I watched Kazam. <laughs> wait. It's not Shazam, Siri. Okay. Shazam does not exist. Okay, I was going to say, wait. Are you talking about the real movie or the one that never happens? Oh, no, no, no. We're talking about uh, Shaq trying to act. <laughs> okay. Okay, as long as we're not... I'm, I'm still fucked up by the Mandela effect. We haven't, we haven't covered that movie on the show yet, so... Yeah, don't worry. That will be on here. Horror Haven Season 3... We're covering the sh- uh, shack. 
Well, he was in, uh, what Saw movie was he in? He was in the intro for uh, Saw, what the hell was it? Because it was him and Dr. Phil when they were sitting in that room. Do you guys remember that? Oh, he, he was he, he was sitting there and Dr. Phil's like, I'm not even a doctor, I'm an electrician. Yeah. No, it wasn't, wasn't Saw, god damn it. I'm, it was uh, like Scary Movie, I think. Yeah, it was just yeah, like it was one of the Scary, scary Movies. movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As if it's Shaq sitting in a room, he's like, I'm not even a doctor, I'm an electrician. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. yeah so those are my experiences with the games. Playing them, playing, playing your life away. I, I, literally... I remember watching you play. I bought yeah. you that one, motherfucker. I've sold well, my soul to Silent Hill, so. I, um, I guess, uh, so, when I was really, when I was just a yonker, um, when I just a when I was just a young, I've never heard that Yonker, young guy. No, Yonker is um, a place in New York. Yeah, outside of New York City, but not quite in upstate, and it's called Yonkers, and it's like I know street talk. That's weird. It. Please tell me strip club, like, like Yonkers, the strip club. No, no it's just a weird area young between guy up here. Like, that's yeah, funny. Yon- <laughs> All right, <Yeah>. continue. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, when I was just a Yonker, just uh, just a young, just a little wee little devil, you know, um, like after I had. Uh, uh, my parents left when I was really, really young, so I was living with a buddy of mine, and he was really into a lot of these horror games. And so um, I didn't play Silent Hill firsthand until a couple years back. But he had all of them, and he fucking loved them, and he was all about them. And uh, Silent Hill specifically, because I, to this day, I know the premise of Resident Evil, and I know... The gist of it, I have yet. You to know, see it zombies, played. raccoon city. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Much I, mean, it. I have yet to see it played. You know, I, I don't have a whole lot of uh, reference with the game, but I know, like Silent Hill, uh, Trevor was always really, really big into Silent Hill, and so he was kind of giving me the rundown. And as I was starting to get into horror about that time, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm kind of like into that. And I can't remember what spot he had told me, um, because when I started playing it, I remember. Uh, okay, so there's those gray guys walking down the street, right? That spray the muck out their chest. And they're just kind of like the wobbling gray guys that are walking down the street. That's and, the second uh, one, I think. Did you play the second one? I see, and I can't remember. Everything gets kind of convoluted, and I had a yeah. two-by-four. And I ran yep. up, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to kill this thing, right? And I'm hitting this thing for like 20 fucking minutes. I'm hitting <laughs> this thing, and it didn't die. Yeah, it that's the second quit. one. <laughs> yeah, that's Dylan's faith. Yeah, and I'm beating this thing to death, and Trevor's like, dude, just move on. I was like, no, it's an enemy. I'm supposed to kill it. Because nope, I was not so in Silent trained. Hill. Right, exactly. Like, I was so trained in that I- ideology of, like, yeah. monster You just run game. away. Like, right, exactly. See, and, I, and, and that's the idea, is that you were to experience the story and run away. In my mind, I was, I was like, no, no, there's a, there's a monster. i got to kill it before I move on, right? It's like, no, the monster's not meant to be killed, and you can't kill it. You're wasting time. I got so frustrated. By trying to kill that stupid monster, that I was like, "Fuck this game, man! Like, 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 fuck this game! I don't want anything to do with it." And Trevor, I started talking to him about it, and he was like, "Dude, it's a great game. You should really experience it." And I'm like, "It doesn't even seem scary to me." He's like, "You played like ten minutes, and then you got hung up on one enemy that you're not even supposed to defeat." And then he was telling me, uh, like, telling me some of the scarier spots. He's like, "So he's like, yeah, so you mean to tell me that you wouldn't care anything for like a hospital full of dead children?" <laughs> like with a bunch of knives and stuff, and I'm like, that sounds really creepy. Like, where did, when does there's that definitely happen? parts that are eerie with the, with the series. The it's hard though because it's like when you've played 
Because I didn't get into, like, video games until recently, like, very recently in comparison to most people. And it's like, I can't go backwards on video right. games. Like, once I've played PS4, I don't want to touch a PS2 game. Like, it's just, like, too different. <laughs> it's so like, bad, too. And it's, it's so like, bad it's like I want, like, the quality of a PS4 game, but I want to play Silent Hill. And they're never going to do that. Because what's his name? Say that name. The guy he doesn't he got he's not allowed to make it. Oh, uh, Hideo Kojima was uh, supposed See, to make he knows a new the one name. with Guillermo del Toro and Norman Reedus. You just like saying things that I can't yeah. say. You no, uh, <laughs> I'm saying lots of stuff right now. <laughs> he's it's, an addict. It's to bad Hill. because uh, like Silent Hill Two, like I said, it's like literally my favorite thing ever. Sorry, Sierra. The, the and, second. Uh, <laughs> the second That's okay. Movie. You're not my yeah, favorite thing either. And um. <laughs> It, the it's leather face is number one in my heart. I try so hard to, like, introduce people to it, and, like, Sierra, for the same reasons as Sierra, they're like, I don't understand this game. I lent it to my friend Jake a while back, and um, he got to this part, it was, like, literally the beginning of the game, and there's a part where there's a, the handgun that you find, and it's in, like, a shopping cart. Right. And he's, like, texting me, he's like, I can't pick the handgun up. I was like, you walk up to it, and you push A. And he's like, <laughs> No! I'm doing that, and I can't... So, he texted me for so long. He's like, I'm doing it, I can't figure it out. And I'm, like, getting so mad. I'm like, you just walk up and pick it up. So then he stopped playing. He's like, I can't do it. I can't pick up the handgun. Jake, I love you. you, If you're listening, I love you, Jake. But you just pick up the handgun. But, yeah. (laughs) But, uh... And enjoy that snow in New York, Jake. Enjoy it. So, it's it's hard to, uh... Dive into the games. I, I, like, went into a 15-minute description of the second game to Sierra the other night and she kind of just blankly stared at I me like, to buy that's it. cool. <laughs> See, Dil- okay, so I told Dylan I'd play it if I can get it on the PS4 because they have like the PlayStation Now thing but he won't let me fucking subscribe. He's like, it's $20 a month. I was like, and I could play your favorite game and you, I could finally understand what you're talking about. Nope, it's not good <laughs> enough for him. I'm not worth 20 bucks, guys. Let's talk about the movies. Which <laughs> no, we should get right past that. Well, this Hill never 2, happened. Silent Hill 2 is the first introduction of Pyramid Head, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah. So, if there was one... should have never been in the first one. Yeah, and she's like, I'm, I uh, am, like, familiar... Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll do that, right? <laughs> it's fine. But, uh, but um, no, I never, like, finished all the all the Silent Hill games, but I'm very aware of the storyline and what happens. Uh, because it was like, once I had started doing books, because I played games hardcore for a long time, and then uh, when I started the music and the books and everything else, like, this stuff takes a lot of time, and so I don't really have a large blocks of time to set aside for video games anymore, which I kind of regret, because was, it was right after I'd really gotten into, like, the Darksiders series. I don't know if you guys have heard about yeah. that, but... Oh, I am all about that. Like, mm-hmm. the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, I have that shit tattooed on my back. You know, it's like I'm all about. That's that's true. Like, like I like I have the four horsemen tattooed on my back, and so like I got really into that game series, and I got about. I, but after, this was right when I started the books and the music and everything, and I was like, man, I am so not getting stuff done right now. <laughs> I was like, there's so many like, there's so much editing I should be doing, and you know, so it's one of those kind of laments that I don't really have a lot of time to set aside to it. So the next best thing, I'm like, well, I can at least keep up on the storylines, yeah. you know? And so I'm very aware of what happens in the storyline. So that's kind of, I, I would I definitely least... recommend John, uh, 
and I'm not just saying this because I try to do it to everybody, but I definitely recommend revisiting uh, Silent Hill 2 if you get a chance to play it at all, or even if you, like, watch a playthrough of it. Literally everything in that game is symbolism for something, and it's, like, constructed so perfectly, and I, I think it's something, like, knowing you and knowing your interests, I think it's something that, you know, you, you'd be interested Doesn't in. Doesn't get rated, like, the number one horror game, like, always. The only question is, does it come in the Xbox 360 games? Yes, you can buy the HD collection. But it has bad fog. <laughs> but it has what? It has bad fog. Bad fog. Bad oh, fog. Oh, the fog is stupid. I just said no. it has bad fuck. It's like, is I know. It's like, like, like 20 years bad fuck? Is that, is that, it's yeah. not, <laughs> it's it's not your fault. Comes? Sometimes I just combined words at the like I talk faster. It's like it's like it's like a 20, 20 years of bad fuck. It's like I don't know, man. That's a, that's a pretty not worth it. Not worth it. That's that's a pretty game comes with a curse. A <laughs> this game is gonna mess you up. You will have ED for the next twenty fucking years. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Anyway, in the warning label. Yeah, in the warning label, we'll yeah, give you ED. <laughs> What movie are we starting with? Uh, we can start with Resident Evil because it came out first. Right. Alice it is. Deep underground. In a top secret research lab, security has been breached. A deadly virus capable of contaminating the entire world has been released. Oh my god. We have to get out of this building. Who is that? It's the brakes! It's okay, we're here to help. Now, an elite team has been sent in to stop it. Five hours ago, Red Queen went homicidal. Who's the Red Queen? State-of-the-art artificial intelligence. The corporation's keeping a few secrets down here. But they have only three hours left before it begins infecting and mutating the whole human race. Resident Evil doesn't follow the game series at fucking all. Go. We'll get into that. Continue. <laughs> Alright, uh, Resident Evil was released in 2002. It was written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Not Wes Anderson, Sierra. Um, I never said that! Why are you making me Because it's some shit you would say. <laughs> I fucking love Wes Anderson. Um... The movie follows a group of military stars operatives uh, as they go to the underground hive that was run by Umbrella Corp to investigate why the, the Red hive Queen shut, the Red Queen shut, shut down. the hive down. Gosh, you're Whoa. terrible at this. So they get into this right. They get into the hive and there's nobody there, and they have to get into the main. Like the main area in the hive, so that they can reboot the Red Queen. Boom, lasers! Shh, boom, lasers! <laughs> Fucking saw death he clock. A bit. I, I said it the the instant we went over that scene. I was like, Death Clock would love this. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. And then you got your laser beams, Jack. They eventually <laughs> get the 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 um the grid laser beam death scene was is has always been my favorite laser beam death. How many? Ever. Okay, yeah, like if you're it's gonna make a too. list of like favorite deaths regarding something, I can't name a shitload of laser beam deaths in a horror movie. I mean, there's like there's one, there's a few. This one, one like don't the Star Trek of the cube, I deaths think. count as laser beam deaths if if they're shooting phasers? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I guess we're gonna quantify it by or lasers or any any guns that go pew pew 
every death, <laughs> they every death in Star Wars is a laser death. I'm just saying. Right? I don't know. Guns are brief. Like, right. They'll stay. Like, <laughs> have, yeah, but if they shoot and you That's see that true. little track of light, it's a laser death. Oh yeah, it's like, but the, but the instant that scene came up and they cut the first person in half, the first thing I did is I was like, engage the laser beam yes. <laughs> from, the, from, uh, from fucking death harmonic, yeah. death harmonic from uh, from death Metal Yeah. But anyway, yeah, they so, get past the laser beams. Oh, I'm taking over because you okay. suck. Okay, they get past the laser beams to reboot the Red Queen, and she, when they get in there, she goes, you're all going to die down here, in her little fancy British accent, she's super fucking adorable, and it makes me mad. <laughs> but, they reboot her anyway, even though she says don't do it, and guess what fucking happens? Zombies. Fucking zombies everywhere. And yeah. a bad CGI liquor. liquor. Yeah. That was, <laughs> but not that was liquor, probably... but liquor. I wish yeah. it was liquor. I would have felt a lot better watching this movie. <laughs> Not liquor, okay. but liquor. I, I, I try to, like, I'm, I'm making a huge effort in my life to not be an immediate hater of stuff when I have a gut reaction to things in movies. And I'm like, okay, this is 2002. It's hard, it's hard to think about this, that this is 16 years ago. Yeah. You know, that this was released. So it's like, it's not, it's not radical to assume that CGI's come leaps and bounds since then. Cause this movie had a really big budget too. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and, and so it's like, it's not like they would have been limited by budget. So it's like, oh, maybe they just had shitty CGI. But the thing that bugs me about this, about the, about the CGI liquor, about it looking kind of, kind of shitty is there is a scene in this movie where there's a practical monster. There's a few. Anytime it yeah. zooms in, like it's a close up, it's all like actual effects. It's a, yeah, it's an actual creature design. Like it's, it's a legit creature. It's like, why don't you just do that the whole time? Like, exactly. If you the made the creature, holes. you know, if you made the creature, why not just use the creature design? Maybe they like CGI. You know. Maybe they like the look of it. Maybe they like that, like, cartoon. I don't know. I guess maybe they, 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 they just maybe they not. wanted to show off his tongue. Yeah. 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 Like, they, they can't. Yeah, it's just that, not like, practical to make a tongue that looks like that. Mechanics that, like, few in the industry know anymore. Yeah, I suppose. I well, suppose. Yeah, so much is relied on CGI nowadays. Yeah. Like, to make, like, a moving tongue, like, a, let's say, a, like, Little Shop of Horrors, a musical with Brick Friends. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, that tongue, it took... I, like, I think at least, like, eight, ten people to, like, maneuver the... To work it. Yeah. To They're work like, it back and forth. So, as far as, like... They're jerking the tongue back and forth. Hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, I would have done that job. Why not? <laughs> like, right. CGI would be faster. Well, right. No, absolutely. And, and, and that's what I mean. I get it. I, I understand. Yeah, like you said, like... It's just a downer that it, it But then you think at the time... Right. To try to find that... The people... To work the mechanics, yeah. right? Exactly, and so, and so, like, but it just took me off guard to see an actual creature design later. I yeah. like when I first saw the, the CGI. I at that point, I was like, I'm not expecting to see an actual creature design. But then when it showed up, I was like, oh shit! Like they actually have one. So I think it but, has a lot to do with aging too, because like back then, yeah, I don't. I, watching this movie when it came out. I don't remember it bothering me as much right. as it does watching it now. I forgot she was blonde in this one. Like, that threw me the fuck off. I was like, whoa! <laughs> I forgot she was blonde in this one. That was crazy, Alice. How'd you do that shit? Uh, so, talking a little bit about how this movie came into production, um, there was talks... Hugh Bull tried to buy the rights to it, who, uh, if you're familiar with 
Yubo at all, you know that that's great that that didn't happen. He's the one that made, like, House of the Dead and stuff. He makes really bad... Like, cheesy zombie movies. No, bad video game movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... At well, and, and one video games two... are tough from a starting point, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, because it's kind of like a book. There's a there's a, an old adage that says that... There's an old adage that basically... Because, like, since there's a billion Stephen King movies, we have a lot of reference to, like... How well, how good and poor in some instances books can translate to movies. And so the yes. old adage is that this is always a great idea. Very rarely does it pay off like everybody hopes. Yeah, you I know? feel like and video I, games are like, you really just, just leave them, just leave them as video games. Because I mean, look at shit like how Tomb Raider. In the game? I fucking love Tomb Raider games but too. But like Tomb Raider's a perfect I, I, example. You got super into the new one that came out in like 2013. Fucking love Tomb Raider. They're coming out with the movie now that you watch the trailer for and you're like this is shot for shot exactly like the game but then you're like eh, it looks like garbage. Like it's <laughs> a perfect example. I feel like the thing with <laughs> that, video that's... games is that they're so much larger than life like it's yeah, not realistic yeah. in any way so when you take it like which like I guess horror really isn't necessarily re- realistic. You know, it's like over gore, over kill, over crazy. Well, you know, everything's I, crazy. But like video games, they just, it just—I feel like it doesn't translate because there's so much action and so much stuff going on because it has to be entertaining to play. And not only that, you'll end up spending like fifty, sixty hours in these video games, and how do you crunch that down into like a workable runtime? Exactly. Love you know? Tomb Raider. <laughs> in the video game, the same as the book. Like so much time is invested. Like mm-hmm. you. Like uh, a lot of yourself, like personal self, is right. because you're playing the game. Yeah, exactly. Same thing it might book. work you're out like, better as a TV series. You're living the scene. Yeah, yeah, and to mm-hmm. see all that in an hour and a half, is right? Justify it, especially when there is when you see a movie like a horror movie that's not based on the book. Then like you love it, right? That's, but like yeah. because it's not missing like, details. So invested, yeah, and and then like, and then as soon as you sit down with the video game, because like. Because there's, there's that thing uh, I saw a meme like a week ago or whatever that was like it's like you ever finish your book close it and then say well now what am I going to do with my fucking life yeah <laughs> I feel like video games can do the same thing you can get Absolutely. so invested because you're living the game like Tomb Raider did that to me like you're living the game and so when you start this with a movie you're instantly already outside the glass. You know, so, like, as soon as you sit down with a the movie, there's glass between you and the story. You know, you're not mm-hmm. inside it. It's not first person anymore. Because yeah, the movie like, is now the Spark Notes version, and you're missing some yeah, that's, good, that's critical yeah, yeah, information call, and time. Uh, and you're calling back the feelings that you felt, like, in the game or in the book, and being, right. like, you, like you I'm have, creeped out, and then, like, this doesn't creep me out. Like, <laughs> yeah. You guys are blowing my fucking mind right now. <laughs> Clinical with everything that you're seeing in the movie, you you have taken so much out of it. That's probably why so many of these um, video games to movie movies get the uh, the Razzie awards often. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and I, I feel like it's almost the whole like I feel like a lot of sci-fi guys are like that. Like everything has to fit your really small microcosm of what you expect, or else it's shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not okay. I love, I, I do love the Star Trek movies. I wouldn't consider myself a Trekkie, but I like them. You know, and I'm same thing with Star Wars. I like Star Wars. I'm not a huge Star Wars nerd, so I'm really in this objective place where I can view them just as a moviegoer, right? And so, like, but I've listened to countless arguments where people will get in these huge shit show arguments about 
oh, that was just a fucking terrible movie. It's like, I wouldn't call it terrible. <laughs> like I said, dude, I thought it was good, but I'm not as nearly as invested in it. Jar Jar yeah, came you know. out of hell, though. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, but there's this really small microcosm that people My grandma's that. name was Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you say that, Becca. But like, and I feel like that has it, you know, these, like, anyway, I think it's worth mentioning before we dive into it too much about what we might have liked or not liked that I think that video game movies have that going against them to start with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's a difficult bar to meet just at the start. Anyway, not to sidetrack the conversation, but. No, no, it's not sidetracked at all. It makes perfect sense. Uh, um, so yeah, you both tried to get the rights to it. At one point, George A. Romero was going to be making the movie. He had written a script for it. And there was creative differences between him and the producers for the movie, so his script was dropped, and that's when they hired on Paul W.S. Anderson to Which, write and direct the movie. Don't he have a special wife? They mar- they got married a year after this yeah, movie yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Likely babe. story. Yeah. I can't say her name. Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. Yo-a-bitch. No, that's not Yo-a-bitch. <laughs> well, she, she's, she's a bad... Bad bitch. Uh, yeah, and she's very, very pretty. <laughs> yeah. and she, she's uh, gorgeous. Absolutely, it's like the first that like we're watching I've this the night. I've always loved her with orange hair. Yeah. Yeah, from the Fifth Element. The Fifth Element. Element yeah. Uh, Lilu is that her name in the, in the movie or whatever? Multiplex. Yeah. Which I multiplex. I want to say. Hold on, I'm fact checking this. Okay, you fact check that. I'm gonna say something while you fact check it. This movie, I I fucking love how. She's like doesn't have memory of anything, and it's like when the dogs come attack her, she just like all of a sudden has like reflexes to be a fucking ninja. Muscle memory, Sierra. It's, I was like, my mind was like blown, and her mind was blown. Like she was like, holy fuck, I'm so badass. I, I will say it was it 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 was so much fun watching her like bam 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 take yeah. out all of these dogs with the gun, and then she's like, I'm out of fucking bullets. I'm gonna kick this dog in the head. Boom! <laughs> yeah. She does this like she like steps up on the wall and does this huge ass spin kick to like destroy this dog or whatever. Yeah, it, the dogs were cool too. They actually not CGI. They put yeah. I was gonna say they in, look like real dogs. Yeah, they put like fake they blood and uh, like fake meat and everything on the dogs and it. They, they, they looked really good. They but, had to have CGI'd them some bit because there was dogs that were missing part of their faces. I'm sure right. to an extent they did. They yeah, like but, went back in and yeah. made it weirder. But um. Yeah, I mean, it's jumping around, I guess, we're not really staying Wait, on how did she fake kick the dog in the head, then? See, I don't think it. that they show it directly, I'm gonna guess. That poor dog! <laughs> or, or, they, or they shot her kicking, and then they had the shot of the dog jumping, and then... I'm gonna start a, fa- a page that says that she hates dogs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> People will believe Facebook it nowadays. Just, everybody else does. Just share yeah. it on Facebook and everybody will believe everybody it. Everybody will start boycotting her movies <laughs> yep, and her career. I would never actually do that. You're beautiful. Um, she actually did all of her own stunts for the well, movie. Well, because she's a bad bitch. Look at her. That scene like, in particular the where she runs up the wall to spin and kick the dog, it took her like three months to get How do down. you run up a wall? Nice shoes. <laughs> oh. Raise your hand if you can run up a wall, guys. Nobody can you see you. get bit by a spider? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've seen this play out a thousand times. You get bit by a radioactive spider and you develop superpowers. I'm going to train to run up walls, guys. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm going to do. That's my life dream. Well, Whoa. you have a goal of three months. I like this movie. I don't think it's a great movie. I don't think it's 
even a great horror movie necessarily, but I think it's fun to watch. I think it's very enjoyable. There's a lot of action in it. Um, and what a babe, you know? Like, <laughs> Definitely I can't else. complain. <laughs> I can watch Mila Jovovich kick a dog in the face for hours. <laughs> I will just rewind that scene and keep watching. Yeah, but... Right. No, my... And her badass... Okay, she's wearing, like, a little slinky dress, a leather fucking coat that she took from a dude, and, like, knee-high boots. Like, what the hell? Who dresses you, girl? Who wears that? That is not... That doesn't... I think there was, like... I think it was, like, a constant, like, every 20 minutes throughout this movie, Beck and I were watching, like, God, she's gorgeous. She is. <laughs> yeah, so pretty. And, and, then, and then we were both, like, oh, look, her dress is getting shorter. It is. And shorter. Like, it, was, like it started out where it was like one side was shorter than the other, and then slowly, like, the, the one side, it, it ripped very perfectly clean and just hung in the back a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah, like, I noticed that too. And, and so, like, it's like the whole movie, like, everybody else is getting kind of torn up, and everybody else is getting kind of sickly, or whatever. She else. literally like, didn't even She like, looks she like was... she went for a jog. Yeah. <laughs> she was no fine. Scratches. She's the master no chief of the movie. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, my my biggest problem with this movie, and it, not so much this movie as its sequels, oh I don't God. like the whole like futuristic. We saw the three D one in theaters; it was yeah. so bad. <laughs> I, I don't like the whole futuristic approach that they took because they took, and this might just be me being biased, but like it's because you were a fan of the game. Yeah, the game was actually scary, and I remember it scaring me, and it's something that I would have wanted from the movie, and it's something that they could have easily done in the movie had yeah. they stuck to the source material. I mean. Yeah. They have little nods to it. She starts out in the mansion. Her uh, boyfriend or fake husband, whatever, his name is Spencer, which the Spencer Mansion was the mansion. Like, there's little nods to the games here and there throughout. But But they definitely dropped the ball on 97% of it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I had had mentioned that when we were watching it. I was like, there's "There's a lot here. I was like, "There, there really is. Now, Resident Evil, I'm not, like, I talked about the Silent Hill, like, being really familiar with the Silent Hill story. I was not all that familiar with the Resident Evil story. So going into this, I was going into it pretty blind. And so, like, I'm watching, and I was like, there's a lot here, you know. Um, He was so disappointed. He kept telling me over and over. He's like, how is this getting a rated R? Yeah, I was a little shocked. Without blood. Yeah, there's, like, one scene where the blood flies. Even in the laser beam scene, there's no blood. Mm. I I, I was like, they're getting this number. There's, like, one drop. Yeah, My theory with blood. the laser beams and no blood is that it quarterized it as it went. I know, that's what I told yeah, you. I was like, it cauterized. Yeah. Yeah. See, they uh, they had a nod. The yeah. <laughs> Another nod to the games, pants. too. <laughs> was Cauterized uh... <laughs> pants. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with my life right now. <laughs> I'm just here. We're just fucking with you. We're just fuck. We're just fucking with you, Sierra. We love you. You're good. You're good. <laughs> but like, but no, I had I, I had mentioned that a couple different times that I wasn't quite sure. Not that it was a detriment to the movie, but I was I was a little. Yeah. I was like I wasn't sure how it got a rated R. Mm-hmm. Me either. Uh, maybe it was the language. I'm trying yeah. to think back. Is the language it, that bad? Mainly Michelle Rodriguez's sure. character, which she was a badass too. I got to give it to her. I was so glad when she died, though. She took a. She got bit in every other scene, and I'm just like, "Wow, all right, she's still going." Right? Hell yeah! No, I don't yeah. know. There was something about her that I just didn't like. I think it was like she just like seemed not friendly. Um, she, yeah, she, she had that. Do trade with you? The asshole okay. vibe 
not the good asshole, but the bad asshole. The asshole. Yeah, like like she'd be a dick. Yeah. There, she had. She was definitely the character that they threw into for like the quirky one-liners. Like I, I think it's even in the trailer too, if I'm remembering, where he's like, "Oh, I shot her five times. She's still standing." And then she like wipes the zombie up with the machine gun, and she's like, "Bitch isn't standing now." And I'm like, "All right, I get what you're doing." I, here. I do appreciate that the movie did give that role to a female character, though, because I do think that stands out. Because generally, those one-liner funny assholes or dudes. Yeah. The tough guys, you know. Well, and, and that was I think really, it's cool that, that they really cool gave theme. the female the, that that. Uh, well, that was a really cool theme with both of these movies. Is the um, the, the badasses are the bitches. Women, yeah. uh, in, damn straight we are. Yeah, well, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and even in Silent Hill, not to completely jump the gun or whatever, but that was like an all female cast in the game, I believe. Yeah, we'll definitely and, talk about that when. We yeah, and that, Sean Bean's character was that. completely added. Yeah. You know, and like I said, not to jump the gun, but the fact, like, both these movies focus very heavily on female leads. Mm-hmm. You know, we miss it, the women cool. in horror month by a few weeks. Yeah, yeah right. And so, <laughs> We're making up for it. Sorry, guys. A few days past um, Women's Appreciation Day. Or International Women's Day. Yeah. Wasn't it um, yesterday? Yes. It was two, two days, days ago, ago, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was two days ago, yeah. Fuck. I'm but, a woman. Um, I should know these things. But the, uh, <laughs> my, one of my only, like, in terms of storytelling, Okay, with, um, uh, I always blank on her name, uh, something Rodriguez. What was her name? Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle, M- Michelle Rodriguez, okay. Yeah. My only issue with the way it was written, okay, so she gets bit, she's getting sickly, like, alright, I- I- I'm cool with that, absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. In the train, when, when she gets the antidote, like, she gets the antidote, and then she, like, you think she dies, and, like, ten seconds later, you're given this redemption scene where she's like, you're, not I'm not dead yet. You to kind of feel like it worked in, like, ten seconds. Yeah. Even though she was like five minutes from being completely switched over, and then of course she shows up entirely turned. So I'm like, I feel like, just as a storytelling standpoint, it would have been a lot better to leave it ambigu- uh, to to leave it ambiguous mm-hmm. until she shows up in the final mm-hmm. scene totally turned. So like they give her the antidote, and then she kind of like fades, right? And you're not really sure. And then maybe throw in just one little line where like they check her pulse, and it's like, okay, she's still alive. Yeah, you know. And then be like, well, I guess we'll find out, kind of thing. And then, like, in the final scene, then have her show up. Because it's, it's almost like a redemption scene. It's like, okay, so she's 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 cured, right? You're kind of to feel that way. LLJK. Like right, yeah. And it's just kind of like, LLJK. It's like, oh, I feel like it could have been really cool if you would have just left it up to chance. Yeah, and I then feel like this movie was up. just a long string of misunderstandings. Don, they should have hired you. They should have hired you on. <laughs> <laughs> they fucked this shit up. Right. I mean, I think it. Like I said, I think it's a really fun movie. I just don't ne- necessarily think it's like great. I no. entirely agree. This to me uh, seems quite a bit like horror comfort food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I feel like I can do this resonate all the other ones can go suck a fucking dick. <laughs> I don't care about them. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not gonna sugarcoat that shit. This one, every once in a while, I can watch it and enjoy it for what it is, but it is not by any means what I would consider good horror. Well, I I haven't watched it in years. If you're flipping through the channels and you're like, I want to watch a horror movie, what's on right now? And it's on, exactly. Exactly, yeah, Yeah, like Mm -hmm. what I just said, he's like, like, um, there's not a whole lot of, like, horror. Yeah, it's very much action. Like, action sci-fi. Well, like, what, yes. like, what, did you, what, what did you just say? No, I, I consider it an action movie that just happened to have some zombies in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. it's not, like, not real. Like, and, and yeah. It's, and, and, it's, and it's kind of, 
fair and unfair at the same time to like, well, but look, it's classified as a horror movie. So, I mean, that might fall yeah. down on the production company too, that it was just like miscategorized, you know, as yeah. a horror movie. I feel like it would have I think that they lot. wanted it to be a horror movie so bad, but like. Then show See, my, the blood! My <laughs> thing with it is that. At this point, they had changed so much with the movie. If they kept they could have, the game, it could have been a horror. Well, no, not even that. But they could have changed a few as like a few more aspects and had a completely original movie. Yeah. Without Resident Evil, essentially, like th- what's the same? The fact that the Umbrella Corporation's behind all of it, like that's really it. I'm kind of just, <laughs> I'm zombied out, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, please stop making zombie movies. They had their run. They did really good. I'm zombied out. You know, well, okay, to be fair, okay, to be entirely fair, I don't think that this falls on the Resident Evil movie for being out of touch because in 2002, zombies were not the fad. Yeah, no. That's when this movie was made. I don't think that this, I don't think that this one hit the fad. No. It was prior. This this was not cashing in on a fad by any stretch of the imagination in any shape or form. We're just watching it now and reviewing it. While we're wow. in the middle of the yeah, fat, you know, so it, so it's not Hopefully necessarily it's not necessarily a knock on it. As far as like the CGI went for its time, I'm sure it was, well, was pretty pretty groundbreaking. I don't know if it was groundbreaking or well. You know what it kind of reminded me of? It reminded it me of Pitch up. Black, which I feel like I don't hear a lot about, and I feel like you should because I love that movie, Pitch Black. What movie? Pitch, Pitch Black. Black with Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Vin yeah. Diesel gives Read me heebie-jeebies. Yeah, trilogy. Yeah, yeah, it was the Riddick trilogy, and the first, uh, I, I, oh, I, I, I like okay. them all, but, but Pitch Black I thought was really good, I, I really liked that one. Right. I saw the Chronicles of Riddick at a drive-in movie theater with the Stepford Wives. Nice! <laughs> the combination of movies there was really weird. Nice. Go, going back to the CGI monsters <clears throat> with uh, Resident Evil, the one thing that John and I, like, agreed on, this... This CGI monster was like tearing shit up, but as soon as he soon gets in the train, train, he does nothing but whip people with his tongue. Just blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I don't feel like that's a problem with Resident Evil. I feel like that's a problem with storytelling in general. And this is a small little, a small little beef that I have with a lot of stories. It's not just horror, okay? It's stories in general. I feel like your villain. Sells your story, and I challenge anybody to try to change my mind. Everybody loves Batman. Everybody loves Batman, but I feel like everybody's favorite characters in the Batman mythos are always the villains. Everybody's got their yeah. favorite Batman villain. Batman like has Penguin. the best villains, therefore he's the best superhero. I like. Okay, that's my personal opinion. Okay. Whoa. Because I'm, I'm, I'm. We're not guy. getting into Batman versus Superman, Sierra. Not I'm, now. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Batman you. guy, so I'm, I'm just saying, like, like the Batman villains are very demented they're very very dark and i feel like your villain sells your hero not the other way around and so like the more evil you can make your villain and the more nefarious and the more unbeatable the better your your hero looks i'm gonna make the liquor very scary to you are you ready for this sure think of the herpes that thing has all up in its mouth the herpes that is scary it's got herpes it's got Fucking weird ass germs that probably lick the fucking ground. That thing. Mm, don't come near me. I'm good. I'm good. Well, I, mean, I work I, with I, children. I've seen what they put in their mouths. God knows what that thing has. I mean, in their I, mouth. I'm not getting blown by it or anything. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you don't know where that thing's tongue has. No, been. I, I get what you're saying, John. And but, the thing that the thing that's annoying too is like, 
I first off, I would have liked to see more from Spencer because the second you find out that he's like the villain of the movie, he dies like five minutes later. Right, and, and then it. and then okay, so you're gonna establish the liquor as like the big bad of the movie, and he feeds on Spencer, and the Red Queen makes this whole thing. Now that it's fed, it's evolving and becoming a stronger hunter. And, and then, then it was super easy to kill. Yeah, him. exactly. Yeah. And, and like, and, and that's and that's my beef because back in uh, I do going... like how it uses its tongue to grab. Thing. Like, it's right. like a lasso. So, like, I'm going I wish through I a, had a tongue lasso. That'd be useful. Like, I, I'm going through a lot of fantasy right now because I'm working on a Hateful Dead series that deals with fantasy. So I'm working in, into this new stuff with like horror, epic horror fantasy kind of thing. And so I'm taking in as much fantasy as I can right now. One of the, like, two villains that I absolutely love are Sauron and Voldemort. And I, that's not, that that's not... I'm going somewhere with this, okay? So just bear with me. But <laughs> it's okay. Like, I like Harry Potter. Like, like those, like those two villains, I absolutely love it, and I'm not. That's not nothing new. A lot of people love those villains. My biggest issue with them is that it's like they're so dark, and they're using the darkness of these villains to drive the story. Because as human beings, we're naturally drawn to dark things. We're drawn to scary things, and anybody, anybody that is doubting what I'm saying, only has to look at their fascination with serial killers. Everybody will sit down to biographies of serial killers. Like, everybody will listen to, to true crime. Everybody will listen to, you know, all these serial killer biographies because they're the closest thing we have to monsters in the real world. And so, like, I feel like monsters engage our imagination. They just do. And one of the things that bugs me is we'll use this darkness in the storytelling to engage the audience, but we'll never let the darkness really seem unbeatable, which is what would really drive your story. So, like, in The Lord of the Rings, for example, when you're introduced to the Nazgul and the Ring Race in the first movie, there's, like, nine of them chasing after this one elf that has Frodo on the back of a horse. And these Nazgul are supposed to be these huge, badass villains. It takes, like, nine of them to stab Frodo once. And Frodo's, like, a three-foot hobbit. Like, <laughs> and he's just sitting there. It's, it's like these dark characters are almost comically powerless at points. Mm-hmm. But we're still supposed to fear them above all for our hero to overcome. So it just bugs me in the standpoint of like, I would like to see some stories that are dedicated to really letting darkness reign appropriately before it's vanquished. Mm-hmm. If, if that makes any sense. So like, that's going to be your job, John. Well, and that's one of the things that I take to heart very much so. And, and a lot of what I do is like, we have to make this darkness matter, you know, in, in terms of storytelling. And so like, that's one of the reasons why I love The Dark Knight Rises because. Bane breaks the bat, like just destroys him in that fight. You know, mm-hmm. so you are you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> this guy is something to it. actually be reckoned with. You know, he takes everything Batman has to dish, comes back for more, and then just breaks him while he's handing out awesome one-liners. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like that is important to storytelling. And now we take that example and we take it to like something like Resident Evil. This the, this liquor is supposed to be very fearsome and very nefarious. This thing, like its claws are so huge. It's like ripping sides out of the train and, and it's, and it's doing these incredible feats of strength. As soon as it gets inside the train, it's not throwing claws. It's not throwing jabs. It's just throwing its tongue at everybody, you know? And it's like, it's like if that thing wanted to fuck everybody up inside that train, I don't feel like it would have had to have tried that hard. If it's like throwing its talons through like, nine inches of steel on a train 
And then all of a sudden it gets inside. Maybe it was smitten by how beautiful she was like the rest of us were. That's true. <laughs> like, that could have been it. Like, much... I just want to lick you. Yeah. The moment where it was like, "Twas beauty that killed the beast. <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> I think so, that's a King Kong. Or King Kong. That's what, not Godzilla. Yeah, it was King Kong that did that. I'm just saying that like, as, as for storytelling, I feel like darkness has to be appropriately powerful. I like, and it bugs me when there needs to be like forty-five minions to dispatch of one valiant knight. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then we're supposed to still fear the darkness, like they're like they're going to take over the world. It's like it took like forty-five of them to get rid of one. What are you guys worried about? <laughs> at, the time, at, at the same time, with the video games back in the past, wasn't it much harder to de- defeat the mini bosses before you got to the big bad boss? I don't exactly. Know. Watching a movie, like with like very few of us read anymore, like, right? It's, like mm-hmm. so much more into like the villains. But we're watching a movie. We want to feel like we can defeat the evil all that easier. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's sure. the majority, right? Like, well, yeah, the majority who's going to see these stories, and that's who yeah. we're selling to. Yeah, and so like, I definitely get it. I, so, I guess put it that way. I definitely understand. But like, I like the feeling of I like the I like when movies or any type kind of story like invokes that like hopelessness to where you're like, okay, there's literally nothing they can and do. And then it's like really fucking great when they come back. Exactly, and it's like there's, the underdogs. And so, but, but like but what Roy's saying though is like to like these guys are here there to sell tickets, mm-hmm. you know. And so like I definitely like that's a great point that Roy brought up. Is like that's the majority yeah. that, that yeah. wants to see that, you know. Yeah. And we yeah. live in an instant gratification. Well, yeah. So we don't want to yeah. wait for the hopelessness and all the way to the end, and then we get like, right. Yeah, we want it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we evil! We want them to kick ass from right at yeah. the fucking beginning. Oh my god, evil! It's like yeah, it ain't shit. <laughs> we don't want to wait till the end of the movie. <laughs> we don't want to sit here for a solid three hours. Like, like, kick me now. Are we going to ending this one? It eventually gets to the point where, like, the villain dies in the first ten minutes, and then it's an hour and a half of just celebration. It's an hour It's an hour and a half of just hacky sack? <laughs> yeah. Hacky sack? That was There's one thing I want to bring up uh, before we, like, jump into ratings and stuff. The very end scene of this movie hyped me up so much for a sequel. <laughs> And then the and sequel then it, let me down. The sequel was Mike Epps running around a city for two hours. Oh, oh, okay. So like she wakes up in the uh, in the in the room, right? And then the whole in the hospital. Yeah, not yep. even that. Like when she goes out and she's in Raccoon City, and the fucking the whole city's just abandoned. There's the fucking newspapers that are a homage to. Um, it's like the dead are walking. The dead walk. It's you know the oh. day of the dead. The newspapers and that. Who and takes she, like, time to print these newspapers? If your yeah. whole city's waking from the dead, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody well, we said the city the was smart. Right. We have to advance but, the plot, um, I get it. <laughs> but, you know, she finds the shotgun and just, like, cocks the shotgun and it does the zoom out and it just shows how fucked the city is. Such a good scene. Mm-hmm. And it gave the it- sequel sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The soundtrack, however, was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like that soundtrack, like I remember getting that. Like I listened to that soundtrack, like on loop. Like there were so many great songs on that soundtrack that, like, 
got me into metal. Like, so, so I, well, the end of this one, it's like it shows the that scene. It zooms out, and then it goes into Slipknot, and I was like, yeah. "Oh fuck!" Yeah, I think it was Vermillion by Slipknot. It goes into yeah. dude. It's just like, oh shit, like fuck yeah, <laughs> you know. Think things right. are about to get crazy. Yeah. All right. That's how you let's know. get into ratings. All right, we rate this go thing. first. Let's rate this thing, John. All right. Ooh, John's got the spot of honor. First All rating right, of the night. First one. All right, I'm gonna set the bar. I um I agree with Sierra wholeheartedly. This is a very fun movie. Um, it's 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 very entertaining. Despite any, because one of the things that can never be stated enough on a podcast like this, one of the things I try to keep in mind all the time is you might be talking about somebody's favorite movie, you yeah. know, and so it would bug the dog shit out of me listening to somebody just shit on my favorite movie. So <laughs> it, keeping that in mind, I think is really really important, and there's a respectful way to go about. Having these nitpicks, and so keeping in mind the fact that we are on a movie rating podcast, you know, so we're looking at these movies to truly try to grade them almost, you know. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's the point of the podcast. So, for anybody that might get their feathers ruffled or whatever, it's like I don't look at every movie in every situation like this being nitpicky like this. I'm not that neurotic, you know, (laughs) you know, so. Like, but for the point of the podcast, we're sitting down and trying to literally find notes and things to pick out. So that being said, um, it's a very, very fun movie. And despite the nitpicks I might have, it is very entertaining. And I remember telling Becca that, that it was like, at no point that I feel not engaged. Yeah. Um, it's very, it's very, very entertaining. Um, the dialogue is very direct. You know, Mm -hmm. they just, they tell people where they're going to go, when they're going to go there and how they're going to get there. Um, I'm a little, still a little bit confused why this is rated R. Um, yeah, me too. And, and I wish they would have sold out for some of the bloodier stuff. I think that would have been really, really cool. Um, I think that would have been really, really cool to see them sell out for some of the bloodier stuff. There's a lot here, even in terms of cinematography and, um, in terms of imagination too. I mean, there's a lot that could be done. I feel like they relied a little bit too much on noise a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like they turn and they look and uh, and when you, well, I mean, I've talked to Roy about this a thousand times. It's like when they look to the side and the camera pans, you know, the sound's coming. Yeah. You know, and so like, I feel like that was very much on display in this movie. Um, and very much on display in this movie. There was a lot of like barrages of sound. Um, and I feel like if you would have, I feel like a lot of horror movies can be really, really served by just quieting it down a little bit. Because I feel like the quiet makes the boom. Like I, I feel like I, I, I feel like the steps on the stairs and the in the silence are, are so much more frightening than the boo. A lot of it. yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so like, like the anticipation of it, right? Now it's your responsibility as a storyteller to make sure that the boo is sufficient. And I feel like that's a cop out with some people because that bugs me too. And they're like, "Well, what you can imagine is always more scary than what you can put on screen." It's like. I feel like you couldn't think of anything <laughs> and you're just hiding behind that. I feel like with some, you know, and I feel like this movie definitely did a good job of that as well. So when you showed the liquor, like it looks sick, like it looks gnarly. Mm-hmm. Whatever you might want to think about CGI, I'm saying just the design of the monster. Yeah. Like is, is pretty sick. And so it's like, I feel like that's really good in video games too, is that like the monster design and the creature design is always really, really cool. And that's one of the reasons I'll always love creature horror. I'll always love monster horror is that it's like, they don't hide behind this whole thing that like, they don't hide behind this whole like, well, we can't show the monster. 
these monster guys are like, no, we want to show you. Like, yeah. Like, we want to show you what we came up with. And so, like, I like that. And I feel like this delivered in that aspect as well. Um, it's very, very entertaining. This reminds me of horror comfort food, which always has a place because because a $20 steak at any restaurant is going to be fantastic with a two-hour dinner, okay? Any, like, but but a, a $1 double cheeseburger from McDonald's at 3 a.m. when you're hammered is <laughs> fucking orgasmic. You know? <laughs> and, and that's what this movie kind of reminds me of, you know? Is that it's like it? You, you're sitting down. You want something on for horror in the background, or even to be engaged. And you got some buddies over, whatever else. This is going to fit that bill. So there's like, despite the little nitpicks I might have, it it it's it, you know it's not like it's a piece of trash or anything else like that. It does even fit into that video game style, even though it doesn't follow the game. I you know, but it still has that video game feel. The action sequences feel very much like somebody who's playing a video game. Absolutely. And, and so um, I like that, that it tried to stay true to what it was trying to be. So I feel like you've got to sell it one way or the other. You've got to quiet everything down and try to make a masterpiece of horror, or you've got to try to make a video game into a horror movie, you know. And so they, they went with the video game into a horror movie. They weren't half-assed about it. They were like, this is going to be a big, badass action, you know, thing. And they, they didn't beat it on the bush about it. So I have a lot of respect as far as that goes. So anything that's, n- like, on a base level... If I rate anything under a 5 out of 10, it's like I had problems being entertained by it. So anything over a 5, I was entertained by it. And at the base level, this is entertainment. So if you're entertained, it did its job. And so this definitely did its job. I was entertained. And um, it had some. Uh, it had a very, very pretty woman in it, <laughs> which yes, definitely it goes a long way. And she did a lot of very, very cool stuff to pull off the role. It wasn't like she was just on screen, you know. She did a lot of like uh, mixed martial arts, a lot of stunts, a lot of that kind of stuff, which is a lot of dedication, which is very, very cool. So it's definitely going to get an extra bump for that. I'm going to give this thing a 5.8, you know, and that's not a bad 5.8. It's not a disappointed one. This is definitely going to hit. This is definitely going to hit the spots if if this is what you're looking for. This is this feels like a really good party horror movie. You know? Yes. And so I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to give it a 5.8. Okay. 5.8. Who's next, Dylan? You, Sierra. I'm next. We're jumping back and forth. Yes. Damn. Um, yeah, no, I think that this movie is really fun. Uh, there's nothing technically great about it, and by any means, like, it's a little wonky, but like John said, it does feel very much like a video game. Maybe not like Resident Evil, the video game, but a video game. Mm. Uh, I think, um, Alice is a great, is a really cool character, uh, and I'm not mad at them for adding her as a character. I think, I think that she made the series more interesting, and I think she might be the only thing that was still good throughout the series. Um, not trying to shit talk it. <laughs> but I'm gonna. <laughs> but I'm gonna, yeah. Right. This is this is my show, no, right? Um No, yeah, I I I honestly and I'm usually pretty fucking harsh. I think this movie's a, a fun fucking ride. Like watch it, enjoy it, don't take it too seriously. I'm gonna give it five point five. And I don't Becca. feel like that's a bad one either. Like that's not like sometimes you're you can give out a five and it could be like bad, but then <laughs> right, you can give yeah. out a five and you're like it was bad but it was good. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, like, all of its points were lost in like technical categories. Like nothing was lost in in entertainment. Right. Yeah. Exactly. One hundred percent agree. Becca. All right. 
Um, as far as the movie goes, really, really fun to just put on if you're just wanting to watch a horror movie, but not not really have to be invested in watching it. Exactly. <laughs> so, as far as rating it, I would have been in the fives, but I really like that laser grid. <laughs> Two points for laser grid. So I'm going to give it double pie. I'm going to give it a six point two eight. Boom. Six point two eight. Maths around here. Damn. <laughs> All right. Um. There's nothing about this movie that. Like, there's no point in this movie to where I was like, fuck, that's cool. Or like, alright. Not even the grid lasers? They did a cool job with that. No, because it's the same thing as in the cube. Okay. But, it is entertaining, like we've said. Um, I haven't watched this in, like, since, like, high school, maybe even middle school. You could still quote that angry bitch. Yeah. But, uh... It's pretty impressive. So it, it was fun going back to watch it because I haven't seen it in a while. But it's one of those things where, like, I, I didn't really need to go back and watch it. Even though I hadn't watched it in a while, like, I still remember most of it. I feel like the movie is very straight to the point. It like, is, you yeah. Get, you, like, once you watch it, you know it. Exactly. Right. So, I, it's not something I'd go out of my way to watch again and, like... Even now, like, we were saying, like, flipping through the channels if it was on, like, I, I need a solid, like, three or four years before I put this movie on again. Yeah, I honestly think if it was, like, on, like, like for instance, today I sat around all day. I read, actually, all day. It was really nice. But, like, say I was, like, just, like, staring at the TV, like, bored on my fucking bed, I would have left it on. Yeah, and that's how I feel about it, too. It's just, like, like late at night, you got buddies over, whatever else. Or if you're just in a horror mood. It's good background and, noise. No, yeah, I just, maybe you just can't decide. Over you know? for... You can put it on. You see that pretty girl. You don't really have to pay attention to it. Yeah, just look at the pretty girl on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Just mute it and just enjoy. Um, I'm going to give it... I'd probably go with it like a six. Right around there with you guys. Wow, we guys are on the same page. Roy, you going to rate it? You going to rate it, big guy? Sure. Hell yeah! Step on in here. Like I said, when I saw it, I didn't really see it too much as a like horror movie it's just an sure. action movie with like zombie that's just happened to be in there sure. uh, but i i was entertained by it yeah a lot of fast action and like, right things that go boom and things like that so i'd say like a 5.5 i feel like this is the closest we've ever every single person has ever been in rating that gives it an average of a 5.8 I think that's fair. Nice. So Erica's line. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody take five seconds. I'm going to count to five, and then we're going to say, fuck you, Erica, okay? <laughs> Can we Erica's all do that together? On the podcast that says, that's fair. <laughs> okay, ready? On the count of five. One, two, three, four, five. Fuck, fuck you, you, Erica. Erica. Boom. <laughs> Why was it five? Like, that was the longest five seconds. You couldn't pick three? I, I, I'm not going to lie. As soon as you hit three, I almost blurted it out. Just yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be a pain in the ass and be different.
story started 30 years ago. I don't know what's happening. Do you know what's going on here? This place is completely cut off. Only the dark one opens and closes the door to Silent Hill. Hey! Where is she? I'm trying to find my wife. She looks exactly like Sharon. Why? Rose, come on! Rose, hurry! It's coming! So Silent Hill came out in 2006. Um, it was directed by Christopher Gons, and it was written by a guy, I don't remember who it was, but it was one of the guys who wrote Pulp Fiction with Quentin Tarantino. Um, he doesn't matter that much. Well, he does. So, Oh, he does matter, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the movie stars a woman named Rose who loses her daughter in a town called Silent Hill. Her daughter's Alessa. Her daughter is one of uh, no, one half of a Alessa. Alessa, yeah, the nice half of Alessa. What's her name? Sharon. Cheryl. Cheryl. Wait, no, Cheryl in the games. Sharon in the movies. Okay. Yeah. Um. So this town, there's like two different versions of it, and there's a cult. I love cults. <laughs> like every time I die, said. <laughs> joining a cult, joining a cult, joining a cult. Are you guys still there? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I just heard creepy music, and I was like, fuck, did I, like, die? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We, we have a uh, clock that chimes on the hour. Oh, you're good. Ashy <laughs> Town. There's really three sides to it instead yeah. of two, because there's, there's the actual reality, then there's the supernatural... Um, side that has two two sides to it: the really scary supernatural side, and then the dilapidated town supernatural side. Yeah, uh, have we done? And it's based we- off of a real town called Centralia. Yeah, yeah. So the the movie was based off of Centralia, Pennsylvania, where there's a coal fire burning underneath. Which in we're the, gonna go to one day. In the games, um, well, in the first game, I should say it's a resort town that's it's a snowstorm in the first game. Oh, okay. actually, Ash. Um, so the movie, after so many video game movies had failed, Konami, who owned the rights to Silent Hill, they were very, like, protective over the rights for the movie, and Christopher Gons, who directed the movie... They're like, ain't nobody fucking this shit He tried for five years, (laughs) he tried for five years to get the rights to the movie, and Konami, like, wouldn't budge on it, so finally he sent them a 30-minute video on how much the video game series meant to him, because he was, like, a huge fan of the game, and um, so was the guy who wrote the movie. Mm -hmm. They were huge fans of the game, so he made a 30-minute video. He's like, here's what I'm going to do with the movie. Then I want to know, I have one question. And he sent it to them, and they gave him the rights. The overall product definitely shows, because this is probably the closest... Movie this probably translated a lot better than most video game movies, too. Yeah. Like, it's not perfect by any means, so definitely wonkiness to it, but it's good. I don't think it feels I, Why like... the fuck is Andrea from The Walking Dead in it? Right? She played I, Sybil. She played her um, really well. Yeah, yeah, I just don't like her. I don't think this one feels like a video game movie to me. Like, and, and, I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I've, despite my little snafus with the little gray guys in the 20 minutes that I wasn't able to kill them or whatever, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, but, they don't come up in this movie. Right, yeah. My my uh 
my point is, was like, like, um, this doesn't feel to me like a video game movie. This to me yeah. seems like a psychological thriller slash horror movie that I would come across. See, that's the well, thing is that when you watch when you when you play the games, the games play off that way. Yeah. Well, right. the reason for that was uh, the people the people who made Silent Hill the first four it was called Team Silent. Uh, they were. We just much, watched a documentary on them. Yeah, they were tasked with. They were making, the rejects. Yeah, they were kind of like these slackers for Konami, and they were tasked to make a video game, a horror game that was based on like America and American horror films and stuff like that. And they sucked so, at everything else they did, so they trusted these people with this new <laughs> game idea. Yeah. And they were like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, we'll scare the pants off of people," and they did it. They yeah, were so they and this, then they brought them back for the next one. This whole. The whole game was pretty much like a love letter to American culture, and so much to where like the first game in particular, uh, the whole entire elementary school is the exact same elementary school as Kindergarten Cop. Nice. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, and then like Silent Hill Two, uh, like the roads, all the roads are named after like horror authors. Like, there's one that's, like, Bachman Road, and it's supposed to be Stephen King's alter ego. Right, um, yeah. Right. All that. Bachman. So, yeah, they... I So, I get what you're saying with that. It doesn't really feel like a video game movie, but going from the video game to this movie, it is so fucking close. The story is almost identical, and there's parts... Um, the one part in particular is when Rose first gets to the town... And she starts hearing the sirens, and it gets dark. The darkness is coming! The darkness is coming! She pulls out her her lighter, and that's what she's using to light the way. Everything about that scene is almost shot for shot how it happens in the first game. Down to the camera angles that it films the scenes in. You get to the body hanging up on the fence. That was in the game. Um, Like, imagery, like little like set pieces in the background, all in the game. And it's like shot for shot. Can you guys tell Dylan's in love? <laughs> Not with me. It's Go shot on, for man. shot. Lay it on me. <laughs> it's shot for shot, as in the game. Um, you know what would like make said, this movie perfect, just like the game, is if all you could see when you got to the little road cliffs where you can't go anymore, all you see is fog. That would make it exactly like the game. They actually, to like bringing that up. I'm going to jump all over the place with I'm this. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> no, I'm going to jump all over the place with this. Go ahead, man, because the, the, the very first Horror Haven I was ever on was for an Arm Spotlight episode, and you guys, I, it, we weren't even focusing on The Exorcist at that point. That's immediately where I took it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You guys listened to me talk about The Exorcist for like 45 fucking minutes. So if you want to nerd out about Silent Hill, dude, I would love to listen to it. Um, nerd out? They wanted, to use, <laughs> they wanted to use minimal CGI, which... There is a lot of CGI in this movie, but I feel like to create the environments that they did, it was necessary. Yeah, um, that I will say that it, some of it has not aged very well. Like it's, it's a very, bummer. Yeah, but, but we'll forgive it. It was 2006. It's not 2016. Bringing up the uh, the cliffs though that you had said, they built that entire like that. There was an actual cliff that they built in a studio. It wasn't just like a CGI cliff. Like, that's how... Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is that you couldn't go any further. If there was fog blocking the road, you knew. No more. Yeah. They didn't do that shit. The fog should get thicker where the road ends. No, there was cliffs in the first mm. one. Mm. But... I want to hear your bullshit. Uh, the, <laughs> the creatures that were in the the movie, 
The nurses? Not even just the nurses. All the creatures, and this was the same with Resident Evil too. I forgot to bring that up. Um, they were they hired professional dancers to play the creatures, except for Pyramid Head, obviously. But so that they, they could they do the it. awkward movements. <laughs> yeah, so that they could do the awkward moments. Um, Pyramid Head's a great dancer. Movements. Yeah, like the nurses, for example, uh, they had the dancers walk backwards, and then they played the film forward. Or they played the film backwards, yeah, so that it looked like they were moving forward. Um, they give it a more awkward look. And it's to, the, it's to the point, too, like, the the creature that's bound up that spits the acid or whatever, I, watching that, I was like, fuck, that looks CGI as hell. And then watching, like, a behind-the-scenes thing of it, that's just how it, they made it look. What? Okay, teacher, I have a question. <laughs> now... I'm not a huge. I'm not. I'm not entirely knowledgeable on the Silent Hill franchise, but I do have a question: Is this movie a combination of the first and second game, due to the fact that they did bring Pyramid Head in to this to this movie? Um, the Christopher Gons and the writer, who again I'm not remembering his name, they preferred the second game, which they should because it's far superior. But uh, we're not getting into that today. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> they um. They preferred the second game, so they, but the second movie sucked. They decided to bring the creatures in from the second game. The nurses so, were the second but, game too, weren't they? Yeah. So in the second game, uh, John, I had mentioned before how like everything in the game is symbolism. Um, every every creature in the second game is a direct reflection of the main character in some way. Well, right. Yeah, and I was not to. Not to entirely hop on your moment or whatever. No, I, it's just something that I had picked up when I was watching. Now, I've seen this movie several times. Um, I was interested in... Because in, just about every time I've seen it, I've always been either really tired or I've been drunk. And so uh, one of the things I will state outright, it probably should wait till I review, but I'll just mention it outright. I feel like pacing is a little bit of an issue yes. with this movie. However... I was really looking forward to seeing this entirely sober, awake, everything <laughs> else. One of the things I picked up on this time around was um, the entire nature of the whole town mm-hmm. seems to be a very direct metaphor for the main character. We mm-hmm. have we have the light. Uh, is it Alessa or Lisa? Uh, Alessa. Alessa. Okay, so we have the light Alessa. So when they're walking around in Silent Hill, it's fairly benign. Fairly benign, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we have the dark Alessa, you know, at which when the town siren goes off, Silent Hill becomes this. It, it almost, it almost. I told Becca when we sat down to watch it. She's like, "Well, what's going on here?" And I was like, "The town's getting dissected," and it just the came out of my mouth. Coming. Like it just, I didn't think about it. It just came out of my mouth because I'd seen th- these these scenes a couple times, right? Mm. And so it just came out of my out of my mouth like that. They're like, well, the town's getting dissected, and that's kind of what it seems like to me. Is like it gets dissected, and then this really dark alter ego comes out, which is well, it's in, cool too. Which like, is like a direct metaphor of like the main character Alessa. You know, you have the light one and the dark one, and then you have light Silent yeah. Hill and dark Silent Hill. You know, which well, if I'm not mistaken, the whole Silent Hill thing is kind of a burden of her anger, right? So she's perpetuating all of this onto Silent Hill, correct? Yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. And, like, going to that a little bit, like, this movie and really the games also, they rely so much on atmosphere. 
and you fog. definitely get that not even just the fog but like not when the town when the town's not in like the industrial hell bad silent hill i guess um when it's just like the ashes falling it's very peaceful like yeah. you feel comfortable it's quiet it's very you know tame and then the second you hear the sirens and it gets dark like you feel uncomfortable Look at that and kind of feel like frantic yeah, so atmosphere, really important. And another thing that really adds to it is the soundtrack, which they had brought over songs from the first four games. Um, Akira Yameoka, and I may be pronouncing that completely wrong, but... Um, you have his music downloaded on Spotify. Oh my god, so fucking good. Yeah, Dylan yeah. used to I study will, when he was in college. He would sit that. down and study while listening to it, because it yeah. made him relaxed. It's fucking like... It just creeped me the fuck out. <laughs> I, my I mom, my mom that. commented on it too. At one point, I had it. I was playing. I was doing something at her house, and I had it playing. And she's like, "This sounds like porn music." I was like, "What? <laughs> what porn are you watching, Ma? Rachel Jarvis, I'm coming in. for you. We're watching zombie strippers again. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward family, man. But <laughs> your parents. Um, but yeah, no, and uh, this was all going back to the symbolism between the creatures in the movie. Uh, they were brought over from the second game, but they were all given some way to symbolize characters in this movie. So, like, the nurses symbolized the nurses that were helping Alessa. Um, the creature that was, like, bound up that spit the acid was supposed to resemble, like, her helplessness when she was in her hospital bed and, like, her projecting all this hatred on the town. On the town yeah. So, everything was done tastefully to where it wasn't just like why did they throw this in here it was like they followed, there was a reason they followed for the it. rules exactly they, they followed the rules they did a good job the Agreed. biggest complaint that i've seen is pyramid head which i will agree he looked wacky it was probably unnecessary but he was in the new one too wasn't he yeah but we don't talk about that movie. well and see like that like this is one of those times where, like sarah i love you i'm gonna respectfully disagree with you on this one of my favorite things every time i see this movie pyramid head i love everything about that guy <laughs> I, like, I don't know what it is i i love the whole thing it's different it's you know it's entirely different i think that's the biggest thing like it's like what the what the fuck is that <laughs> like i don't know why they went with the whole like making him totally fucking ripped maybe because he has to carry around that giant sword but i think it's like there's something i'm such a whore for that spot anytime i see it and it doesn't even have to be all that well done, man. Anytime somebody's just walking around lugging a weapon, like... Mm -hmm. it, it, Dragging it, it. What's that? Dragging it behind them. Yeah, I'll always nut out so hard for that fucking spot. <laughs> and everybody's got them. Like, everybody's got the scene, the, like, the spot that they love. Like, mm, yeah. Now, Roy, I'll, I'll give you a quick little crash course. Sierra loves the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay? I do. Yeah. So, like, so, like, I'm assuming anytime Chainsaw's come into the mix you know it's like that's just her thing you know like absolutely yeah. I'm, I'm guessing right so, yeah i'm pretty sure like i went psychotic while watching ash vs. the evil dead the other day and be like fucking get it with a chainsaw it was demonic and it was scary but i did it well so it's like they they had uh, reviewed 31 and now me and roy uh we were at crypticon or whatever and uh we were we were fairly drunk by this point but they were like showing movies late at night right and so, like, there was a lot of indie movies that were there, and then, like, it all ended off by showing 31, right? 
and me and Ryan both love this movie. So we're both there. We're like hammered drunk, and we're right there in the front row, like quoting the whole thing. Like, <laughs> and so it's like, and so it's like, and when the chainsaw scene came up, when they're doing all this stuff with the chainsaws in my head, I was like, now at this point, Roy didn't know who you guys were. I had, and, and on the way back from Crypticon, I had actually, you know, we had talked a little bit about it and gone over some stuff. You know, Skeletor was meeting stuff, so I had introduced him to you guys. You know, yeah. And I we played some some horror haven stuff on the way back, <laughs> but like in my head, I was like that dual chains I seen. I was like, oh, I bet you Sierra just like this is like I right up her alley, <laughs> like, like straight I up. Did. I just I feel like everybody's got those spots mm-hmm. that they just love for some reason or another, and it doesn't matter what movie you see it in. How it's done, you just always will love it. You get excited for that thing. Exactly. So watching any, like, it doesn't have to be a dude. Like, it could be a fierce, any fearsome character carrying around a gigantic weapon, and but, like, it's dragging behind them. That sound of, like, yeah. the metal yeah, rubbing yeah, yeah, on, yeah. like, oh, concrete or I stone. It. I absolutely <laughs> love it. So watching Pyramid Head drag around that giant knife, I fucking love, you know. That's a big thing about the uh, whole atmosphere going back, to with, like, the soundtrack. A lot of the sounds that were used on the soundtrack were industrial, like, metal clanking together. A lot like they did with, um... Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, oh, it was just very. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a perfect fucking masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> fucking movie. I promise. I promise. I will join you for that one as well, <laughs> and I'll try my if... best to drag Roy wherever we got to do it to have him on it too. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, I've fanned enough about this. What do you guys think? I like Silent Hill a lot. I think it's. It, I, th- I think it's really good. Uh, I think it's a bummer. Like, I wish that, I wish that this, this CGI was a little bit better just because I feel like it just, it takes very little from the movie, but like, still I would love to see it with like those perfect graphics because the movie I feel like does stand so strongly and it's just like, that's like the only thing that I can really pick out and it, and, but it's like a big thing for me. Yeah. So it's like a little bit of a bummer, but I mean, it's, it's nobody's fault. The, the, the people who make it, who made this movie did such a good job of making a movie for the fans of the games. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was important because video games do not do that. They don't consider that people are going to care if it follows the storyline or not. Always, always, I won't say every time, but they don't always consider that. Um, So I think that these guys went about it the right way. And uh, the second one should have never happened. I do want to say, John, I know that you had brought up the pacing of the movie, um, and I wanted to bring up, because we kind of touched on it a little bit with Resident Evil also, so the first scripts that were made for this movie did not have Sean Bean's character at all. Yep, I read that, that, yeah. Yeah, none of that had existed. Uh, The first game actually followed the dad and the dad was looking for his daughter. They, they thought, it yeah, they thought that you know having a female protagonist would resonate better. Um, so they made the first script and they sent it to the producers, and the producers sent it back and was like, "There are no men in this movie. Yeah, it is all women. Like, fix that." So they ended up writing in the father character and his whole subplot of trying to find them. Yeah, I wish and then that they made after the father that, the main character. After that, complained that there were pacing issues, and the pacing issues were because that whole plot was unnecessary. So had they taken that out, it probably wouldn't have suffered from that. I really wish that they kept the father as the one who went into the town to find his daughter, 
just because I feel like there's something very special about a father-daughter bond. Like, not that there's not something special for mom and daughter, too, but, like, there's just something about uh, that that I, I would have liked to see in this movie. Well... And I feel like that that was an important aspect of the game. I will, uh, in a, in a um, I suppose maybe a more self-revelationist uh, self, uh, moment than maybe I would prefer to divulge. I appreciate you saying that on a very, very deep level, because I feel like that's something that gets overshadowed in today's society. Yeah. The the the, uh, the interplay between a thought like I feel like anytime you need a total piece of shit character, you always it's always a dude. I feel yeah. like it's like it's a dude that doesn't care for his kids, or it's a dude that disrespects women, or it's a dude that exactly. You know, I think that they had an opportunity now, to make a very good male lead. Yeah, but imagine no, no. they made the male lead. No, look, fighting against a town of evil women, and then they'd be like, oh, this is symbolism for women are evil. And but you know what, are, right, at like, this point in time, it wouldn't have been. If they made it now, maybe, but at <laughs> this point in time, I don't think it would have been an but issue. I guess, I guess I don't look at it, I, I don't look at a lot of stories in terms of, like, I never set out to, like, view a movie or view a story in terms of, like, taking revenge on this social issue or that social issue. I just look at it in terms of the story. Yeah. And of whatever that story wants to tell me. And so I just, in today's, in, in today's day, the, the, um, uh, the, the big, one of, one of the big things is empowering women and rightfully so. Okay. Rightfully so. So before I come off totally ignorant and really piss off some listeners, let, like <laughs> hear, hear me out. Okay. I realize that I'm coming off fairly, I have a very, you know, I'm coming off fairly minoritous at this point, but I do feel like it's totally okay at any point to make a piece of shit male character, you know, and, and it's very rare, I guess we'll put it that way to see, um, a father that goes through or a male character that goes through these same sort of emotional issues in terms of trying to mm-hmm. straight up uh, uh, for his children. We'll put it that way. Like, like it's, it, if it's a very virtuous male lead, it's usually for a female. Usually. I and, think that a lot of people forget how important the father figure is in like, in, and not even just in movies, horror movies, whatever. Like, in, in real life, too, a lot of people put that important role aside, and I don't think that's all right. Well, right. Or, and, and so, like, to or me... if they do address the importance of a father figure, it's always a father with a son. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, and so... And, and the, the special relationship between a father and a daughter is neglected in in place of father with... The, or mother with the daughter. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, I it's don't. A little think, sexist if you think about it. It well, it it, 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 it you know what? Fuck it. I'll, if, if 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 Dylan doesn't like it or isn't comfortable with it, he can always cut it out. But like it it, it is. I feel you know. I, I I really do feel that way. So it's like to me, I don't look at it in terms of like the women need to have their day in the sunlight now and then later the men need to have their time in the sunlight i just look at it in terms of people yeah. you know i don't look at it in terms of like okay so we've talked about wrestling i introduced myself as like randy savage to start this fucking podcast stone cold steve austin had a quote a long time ago when he was going he was ranting and somebody goes it ain't a white thing it ain't a black thing it's a me kicking your ass thing you know 
And so, like, that's kind of, I, I take that idea and, and blow it up. So, like, I don't look at it in terms of, like, women need to have their day in the sun now or men need to have their day in, in the sun now. I look at it in whatever characters you give me. Yeah. You know, what's important to the story to drive it forward? I don't focus on, like, okay, we need a female lead or we need mm-hmm. a male lead. It's like, no, whatever the story wants to bring, man. And and I feel like there's a little bit of um, apprehensiveness in terms of, like, letting male leads be emotional in that way. Mm-hmm. Of, of, I agree. Of, of letting them go that, that far out of the way. So, so just from that standpoint... Um, I definitely appreciated that aspect and any other type of story that wants to go there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so from the same standpoint, I don't look at any movie, even in terms of race either. Like, like you yeah. could put, you could put anybody on the screen and they can either be virtuous or they can be an asshole, you know? Yeah. And so it just, it's whatever the story wants to fucking bring, you know? And, and, and so <clears throat> from that standpoint, I definitely appreciate this, story for just being what it is and 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 so um watching it i definitely where you're talking about like the video games and everything else watching it i can definitely like they definitely did their thing Mm -hmm. and that and but they didn't leave it to the point to where it's like there is some level of like you need to be a little bit familiar with the silent hill franchise to understand who pyramid head is Exactly. And to understand some of the background elements of this, but I don't think that you're entirely in the dark. You understand I think that, that Pyramid you is, can come You understand the Pyramid Head is a villain is what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. You understand that he's bad news. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of just like wait until he rips uh what's her face's skin which off. Which was a great yeah. scene. By I the love way. that like, scene. You, it's kind of like an added bonus. Like you get this great story and you get this um, like these cool villains and this cool atmosphere, but it's kind of like an added bonus, like knowing more about exactly. the story. It, like you, you can, can catch on to more and appreciate it more. You can, def- yeah. yeah, exactly. You can definitely come in as a new viewer and appreciate this movie, but knowing the background of it, you're going to appreciate it more. Right, sure. Like you're going to find little little things that you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. right, absolutely. Exactly. And and so from that standpoint, I can definitely tell watching it too that it's not compromised either. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I definitely am a huge fan of, you know, is it's like, look, man, this is horror. This is about as fringe as it gets, you know? So like, if you're going to do your story, man, there's no other genre that's going to let you do what you want to do more than horror, you know? And I think that some of these stories that we get is the kind of toe in the water horror. And so when I get stories like Silent Hill, like this thing is a bit out there. It really is. Yeah. When you when you really sit down to it. So somebody that has no no inkling of what Silent Hill is about, no idea coming into this, it is a bit out there, you know, and it is a little bit convoluted. But even still, it doesn't compromise the nature of of like the atmosphere and the environment of what Silent Hill is. And I definitely really really appreciate that from you know mm-hmm. from what they try to do. Like little tiny beefs aside. Anytime a movie will go straight for what it wants to be, I am instantly a fan. So, yeah. Um, there were two scenes in this movie that it stood out to me specifically. One of them, um, and I this one's because I remember it scaring the shit out of me the first time I watched this movie. Was the uh, where the janitor comes crawling out when he's like fucking in the bathroom? Yeah, it reminded me like so crawling. much of that Ramstein album cover. Um, I can't remember <laughs> what it is. Um, 
And there's a Ramstein album cover that looks a lot like that guy where he's got like barbed wire around his mouth and stuff like that. So like, yeah. I saw it, it was like a metal. Like, you know what I'm talking about, Roy? That there's yeah. That, yeah. Right, anyway, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. There, no, you're good. There's that, and then there's the part. I don't know why I love it so much. Um, so the girl who played Cheryl, or Sharon, sorry, I keep mixing up. Um, Sharon and sure. Alessa yeah. right. was Jodel Furland's, and um, the part that stands out. I I didn't like her as Sharon. I thought that she acted very like annoying. Yeah, like they overdid the whole. Hey, act like an innocent little child. That kind of threw me off but uh the part and i want to say it's one of the first parts you really get like a visual of her as alessa and she, it's uh rose rose goes follows her through the school or whatever and she turns around and she's like look i'm burning and she puts her arms out and like the fire starts on her arms such a fucking cool scene mm-hmm. creepy yeah. little kids do a lot for horror man yeah. i um i had to actually do a double take on um who's the uh the leader of the cult. Uh, Christabel. She, I had to do a double take because she reminded me so much of the mother and Carrie. Yeah. She even like Wasn't looks she... similar. Even like, yeah, less... similar. so I was like, one of them was like a throwback. Mother, right? like, I was like, is this like a throwback? Like a, a kind of, you know, but I had to even check who played and it's not the same actress, obviously it can't be, you know, but like, it yeah. very it does look, it does look a lot like her and the, even the personality now that you bring that up it's very like spot on mm-hmm. um yeah and the one of them was Dahlia who's Alessa's and mom and they, they they every time she comes around to talk to Rose they like find her right or something happens yeah. with her and she the, can't uh, tell them what's going on in the games, she doesn't seem to be evil well in the game Dahlia was Dahlia and Christabel were the same character. There was no Christabel in the game. Dahlia was just the cult leader, but she was also Alessa's mom. Okay. So Christabel, oh, okay. yeah. So they they did change that aspect. Um, yeah, that the fucking ending scene with the barbed wire and Alessa just like dancing in the fucking blood that's coming down. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that and like and this and this uh, is a, in stark contrast. We're talking about Resident Evil, where it's like show your blood. I mean, we're, we're yeah. horror. You know, there is no. It's like this whole movie. There's a cup, you know. There's there's some hinting at it that we're in horror town. That then there's some frightening scenes when it becomes industrial, scary, Silent Hill, where it's really frightening. But you don't really see anybody ripped apart, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And that final scene, they're just ripping everybody apart. So they're like, "All right, now we're going to give you your blood." You know. See, and so it, it, I like I liked it. it. It was really in, that scene was really fucking cool, and it, you know, it was dark. It was fucking creepy. But it did kind of take me out of it a little bit because one thing that I've always enjoyed about the Silent Hill series is, like, it's scary without having to go to the bloody, gory aspects of it. The end of this movie just makes me feel really sad. <laughs> like, the very end? Yeah. The very end where they're, like, in the house and, like, they are so close but they can't interact with their husband slash father. Yeah. I, like, literally cry at the end of this movie. Like, this is, like, the saddest ending ever. Like, that's the worst ending of a movie ever. They should be together. And because he wanted to find them so bad, too. I, I yeah, and it's, like, so, so shame. Like, he, 
Like, like, they're, they have nothing to be excited about. He has nothing to be excited about. Like, they're just all going to live the rest of their lives sad and alone. It really is one of those, like, rare instances where you do get a movie with a sad ending. It is the saddest ending ever. I literally remember watching it in your room in high school, in your dad's house, just, like, crying. <laughs> well, and, and one of the things that I, that I actually love about this particular ending is like they're stuck in the supernatural world this is one of the things i'm fascinated by the aspect of ghosts so like Mm -hmm. all these different stories but uh, they're not dead well right exactly exactly but it but it but it it hints at the same idea of what i'm getting i'm not saying that they're yeah no i know you weren't saying that but don't always yells at me whenever i bring up the fact that i think that they died that's like the biggest how they got to silent hill he's like no they didn't do that well, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll appease my taskmaster here. I like the, the guy that was kind of helping me on. They're not dead. I, I'm aware of that. Okay. Like, yeah. they're not dead, to be correct. But, like, there's so many times, like, I think about the idea of ghosts, and everybody's got these weird ghost stories and stuff, and it's just like, how much is this nefarious, evil, hateful dead, and how much of this is, like, fucking listen to me! Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm trying to talk to you. <laughs> You know, so like That's gotta be irritating. And, but and and, th- and in this type of ending too, I almost feel like it's like okay, so it has a sort of a, a downbeat ending, and they're so close to talk, like to, to meeting again. You'll almost go back and rewatch the movie mm-hmm. to like see them interact at the beginning because it almost makes it okay. Like you you can almost see them be together at the beginning. You know, in a way to sort of appease it's that so sadness sad. at the end. To be like, oh, you know what? They probably shouldn't be together because then they'll be happier. Or not even so much or... that, but it's like you see them so close at the end, it's like, I want to see them together. So you go back and you start the movie again. You'd be like, oh, okay, they're together. Everything's cool. This <laughs> movie took my heart out, threw it on off. the fucking floor, and stomped on it. I, I was pissed off when we got to the end because I was like, she made it home. He's there. But she's not in the real world. You yet. just wanted it God to be a happy damn. ending <laughs> after everything. Reaper again, though. It, Reaper like... has, has told her that er, the, the Reaper has decided that she's better off without the dad. And oh, I told Becca yeah. I don't know how many times that the, the little girl was not the Reaper. That it was just a cool way of her saying that I am dead, basically. And Becca refuses even now to call her by the actual name. She keeps saying the Reaper. Like, ever since that scene, ever since that scene. Because I fear the Reaper. Right? I'm just like, I'm like don't Becca, fear the Reaper. Just, I don't Reaper. fear the Reaper. Right. I got a cowbell in my car. Right. <laughs> Nor That's the very convenient. Nor the sun the wind rain, you know? <laughs> but, um, no, going back to that, though, like, Again, I'll say it a thousand times, the atmosphere, like, the end of that movie, it's not just the fact that they're in another, you know, universe, world, whatever, uh, but the fact, you know, it, you feel the sadness in it, like, he's at the, the house. The colors are drained, it's yeah, raining. exactly, the colors are drained, it's raining, and then you go shoot to the world that they're in, and it's just, like, bright, but it's just empty. Like, everything feels empty, and it's just so fucking well well done. And and, and when he looks out the, and when he looks out the door, it's raining, but the sun is shining. Yeah. So it's right in the middle ground. He knew. You know, like, he knew they were there. Right. And so, like, to me, the only way that a story is entirely hopeless is if they're trapped in Silent Hill, they can't leave, they're in a world of eternal torment. So, Stanley Kubrick, when he made The Shining, and he talked to Jack Nicholson, he, he came to Jack Nicholson and he said, at the core of this, this is really an optimistic story. And Jack Nicholson says, 
in what fucking way, Stanley? Is this a, <laughs> is this a happy, optimistic story? And Stanley Kubrick said, as the pragmatic guy that he was, he said, well, any story that showcases life after death is an optimistic story. You know, it, it gives us all That's hope. deep. And so, in that same way, I see this as, like, they're still there. And the phone, when she calls him, like, she can almost hear him. So it's mm-hmm. only hopeless if they're trapped and there's no way out. They can't leave Silent Hill. They're forever tormented. And the the little girl with all the barbed wire, when she's shoving it up everybody's vagina and everything <laughs> in the movie. Like, and like, like, it's only hopeless if those characters are also ensnared in that. They made it out. They leave Silent Hill. They drive out through the fog. She's mm-hmm. calling home. He can almost hear her. They make it through the door, and the door is open, and he didn't open it. Yeah. He looks out, and the sun is shining, no matter which way you want to look at it. And so the sun is still shining, and so it's only hopeless if they never make it out of Silent Hill. And so like that's one of the reasons I love Stanley Kubrick so much is because the way he thinks and the way that I think, well, the way he thought, to be to be grammatically correct. The way that he thought was very similar to the way that I think it's it's like any time any time that there's some sort of evidence of like life after death or or a way to escape supernatural hell or to escape eternal torment, that really at its core is still an optimistic story. Because they made it out of Silent Hill to come find him, which gives you the inclination that they're not gonna stop looking. That they're not gonna stop trying to reach him, you know. <clears throat> so I guess at the core, I don't see it as entirely hopeless like that. It, it's you're still rooting when the movie ends, you know. So I guess maybe that's the difference between me and a lot of other storytellers. Is it's like that? That's 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 how I kind of see it, you know. And, and to me, that's really really beautiful because these endings. How long have we been talking about this specific ending now? <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and and so like to me, that's fantastic. You know, it's great storytelling. Like, I absolutely love that kind of stuff. And so, like, I guess that's, that's just to be, not not a voice of dissent, but just to add a different little twist or curve or turn on it or whatever. It's like they did make it to the house. He didn't open mm-hmm. the door. The door was open, you know. And so there's nothing more optimistic in life than an open door. Quote me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that was beautiful, John. You it's a good a, quote, but it wasn't should, as good as buy the damn unicycle. You should probably <laughs> be a poet. Buy the damn unicycle. Yeah. It's on my Facebook. I quoted you. Right. I, it it would have been fantastic if you would have looked out the door. It's raining, but the sun is shining. And then you look back and you're just like, you know what? Life is short. I'm going to buy the damn unicycle. <laughs> no. Nah, he buys a hooker. Maybe when yeah. they <laughs> the same thing, right? Her nickname is the unicycle. Her nickname is the unicycle. Yeah, well, he rode the unicycle. It's a one-legged hooker. Use your egg as a one leg. This took a bad turn. <laughs> Skeleton Rose Media, everybody. We're here all week. <laughs> Try the veal. Rich Eye the veal. You might hate us. You might love us. But don't you fucking miss us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. We've got cake, booze, one-liners, and all kinds of shit. You know? All right, Swedish fish. Let's rate Silent Hill. <laughs> I wish I had some Swedish fish. Swedish fish from the very beginning, man. Remember that? Like the Swedish fish? Well, yeah, three I, hours I want ago. it. I want Swedish fish. Yeah, one Swedish okay. fish, man. He's yeah. he's cowardly, but they get to school, you know? <laughs> All right, Silent Hill. John, what you going to rate? All right. Um, 
this to me doesn't feel like a video game gone horror movie. This to me just feels like a mind trippy horror movie. It is a little bit convoluted. You have to sit, you have only from the standpoint of like, you have to be in this from the beginning. I feel like you can't, if you come into this halfway through, it's got a lot of really fantastic imagery, but you're going to be a little bit lost. I think if you come into this halfway through, that's not a problem for me. That's just a way that some stories are. Um, but you need to catch this from the very, very beginning. Um, and this thing visually, I know you guys have talked about the CGI, maybe not aging that well. I guess it didn't really strike me as being terrible CGI, you know, Maybe I wasn't looking for it. I'm not sure what the difference was between this and Resident Evil so much in terms of CGI, but this didn't strike me as terrible CGI. I'm not there like... There was no CGI tongues. You're right, yeah, yeah. right. I mean, that's, so, that's what it is. Yeah, and, and so, like, it just didn't strike me as terrible CGI. You know, it, it wasn't like something I'm going to scream from the rooftops, but it didn't seem to me to be terrible CGI. Now, in terms of atmosphere and settings and environment and everything else, the thing is very stunning, even in its various shades and clouds of gray it shows you just how beautiful some of these shades of gray can be and it makes mm-hmm. and it makes you feel comfortable in melancholy which is something that's difficult to achieve it, it, it really is because a lot of times it's very easy when you're giving these endless scenes of gray to sort of muddy together but this thing never really does quite muddy that much that all being said this thing's a very visually striking movie it's one that you feel like you want to pay attention to, but you're even not quite sure half the time. <clears throat> and that's the mark of a really good story when there's a really good vibe about it. And you're not quite sure what it is, but, but you want to keep going with it. That all said, I am sticking with the original thing that I'd said that pacing to me gets to be an issue with this one. Um, I feel like 20 minutes could have been cut out of this and it still would have been okay. That said, I don't want Dylan to squirm too much. <laughs> like, um, I don't want Dylan to squirm too much on that. But I do feel like 20 minutes of this could have probably been cut just a little bit because some of it, I didn't go back and count, but there's a lot of different scenes where they look out of the corner of their eye, they see the dark little girl, and then they see her run out of the screen, which leads them into the next room. There's yeah. a lot of that that goes on, and I feel like I could have gotten that four or five times rather than... 10, 12, 13, 14, how many times I got it. There's a bit of an exposition dump in the end, which I'm not a huge fan of. And an exposition dump is literally where they take 10 minutes and just go and just railroad, just fist fuck down your throat, a shitload of backstory. Yeah, That's an exposition dump. And I feel like that could have been done in terms of like rising action. And in a lot of these scenes where they're walking around the streets of Silent Hill, that could have been given during those exposés rather than needing to take rather than needing to take 10 minutes toward the end when everything is really starting to build because there's that scene when they um uh with with the uh, the burn victim or whatever when they come in and they're giving you this whole big montage i was like i feel like some of this could have been done while they're walking around silent hill now i'm not like i don't have any huge I don't have any solutions for that, okay? I'm just saying, like, I feel like some of that could have been spread out a little bit and, and been mm-hmm. a little bit more even rather than having an hour and 15 minutes of them walking around and then Pyramid Head terrorizing them in Dark Silent Hill and then giving you a bunch of this ex- exposition in the end. <clears throat> but, like I said with Resident Evil, we're watching this with a clinical eye. 
That's why we're going about this. So despite those little nitpicks, this thing is very imaginative and it's, and it's very engaging and it's, it, it is very striking. It's a very cool idea. And even if it's just, this thing almost strikes me as like a dark nightmare, which is very, very cool. You know, it's like one of those weird nightmares that you can't even completely recount, but it's still really, really cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I definitely have a lot of respect for that. I don't feel like they tamed down their idea at all. I don't feel like they changed it. I don't feel like they try. I don't feel like this was made for anybody but fans, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is exactly who you're making this kind of movie for, is somebody who is a fan of the games and they want to see it in a live-action format. And so from that standpoint, I have a shitload of respect for it. There's some places when it could have been tightened up just a little bit in terms of storytelling, but they told their story. They did it the way that they wanted to do it. And that, to me, will always be the heart of independent horror, which is where real stories live. I think because an independent bill, you're doing things for not only the creators, but the people that straight up want to ingest it rather than just want to be entertained with flashes and bangs for 90 minutes. So I'm going to rate this thing. I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a solid 7.0. Ooh, I'm going to give this good. a solid 7.0. I was going to go 6.8, 6.5, but I'm going to give it just a little bit of a bump because I love any type of horror story that's going to literally just do what it wants to do. And I feel like that's what this movie did at its core. Even though they took from different pieces of the mythos to make a really engaging movie. Like we said with Pyramid Head. Like, Pyramid Head's not even in the first movie, in the first game. He's in the second yeah. game. But they did it for fans of the series, I think. You know? Mm-hmm. He's not even given that huge of a role if you really look at it. He's there to just terrorize. So it's yeah. literally for people to just go, oh, shit. Like, you know, there he is. You know, and so I, like I said, I'm going to give it that small little bit of a bump because anybody that wants to puff the chest out with horror and really, really do what they want to do and fuck all the haters, like I have a shitload of respect for. So I'm going to give it that little bit of a bump and give it a 7.0. All right. Here. Um, I really like this movie. Uh, I wasn't huge into the games. That was Dylan's deal. I watched him play by all of them at some point. But uh, I think visually this movie was just so pleasing and, and they did a really good job at making Silent Hill exist. Uh, which I think, well, if you play the games or see the games being played, I, you know, not knowing how they would do it for a movie, I feel like it would have been a very difficult task to make a such a secluded, abandoned town. Yeah, right. And they really did. They really did a good job with making it and it not coming across poor. Well, how do you make so. a town? Think about that. Like, like in terms of like a movie, how do you make a, a whole town? You know exactly. And it's literally secluded. Every road out of it is collapsed. Like you cannot get out of Silent Hill unless you ha- unless you're supposed to get out of Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, the ending broke my heart, but I think that. That's a good thing. I don't think that's a bad thing because uh, it it did make you feel a certain way, and and I think that was the whole point of it. So I'm gonna come in high with this one. I'm gonna say a seven point eight. Woo! Look at that! Wow! Look at that! And for Rebecca. and for your information, Roy, Sierra's usually really harsh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm usually like the four. This is garbage too. Like fuck that. <laughs> This isn't the Texas Chainsaw Massacre! 
That is me. Yeah, I'm usually like Texas Chainsaw is way better. Yeah, it's good, but it's no, it's no Leatherface. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Megan, you're up. All right. Well, to be honest, I didn't watch the whole movie because John didn't <laughs> find it for me. We yeah. had deadlines to meet, man. Like they wanted to be on K15. So, so I came in. After it wasn't too late. It was about fifteen minutes in you came in. Yeah, so I, I missed the beginning. Like I had no idea why why the daughter was missing. I caught you up, though. but I had John explain it to me. Um, so keeping that in mind, had I seen the whole movie, I probably would have given it a seven. But because I missed the crucial. Beginning, <laughs> I was a little bit lost, just a little bit, and I really, really did not like the fact that um, at the very end, they were never going to be together. You don't know that, though. Like, this is just where the movie ends. It's not necessarily where the story ends. It's just all you get to see. Like, like that's the... That's the thing with art, Becca. Stories don't end. Stories don't end when the curtain goes John, down. John, that's just it's all you get my to turn. see. My turn. Time out. <laughs> you tell him, Becca. <laughs> but just because the movie ends the way I don't like it does not mean it's not a good movie, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to tell Dylan that more than me. <laughs> um, so, I am going to give it a 6 9. Because. Okay. Yeah. 6 9 because 69. Is that what yeah. we're going on? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> On the level of 1 to 100, how immature are you? <laughs> 69. 100. <laughs> I would have given it the whole seven. <clears throat> no. But but because I missed the piece and and I didn't like the end, it dropped that point one, so six point nine. Alright. Right, not Roy, a huge drop up, for, the, for the complaints, it's not bad. Um trying not to rate it bias as like a fan of the series and just as a movie on its own. Um, I do enjoy this movie. It's one that I can go back and watch over and over and, and not he does. really get bored of it. Um, I think everything that they set out to create as far as atmosphere, environment, um, just like overall tone of the movie, the themes of the movie, the whole occult and witchcraft and all of that, it's all things that I enjoy. Not, like, personally in a cult doing witchcraft, but, Dylan's you know. a witch. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a witch. Not a, not a wait, warlock, wait, wait, wait. a witch. Wait. No, he's a witch. He's if, definitely if you a witch. Put him on a, if you put him on a scale with a duck, which is heavier? The duck. You're the witch. You're making a good case for me, Sierra. What? <laughs> oh. He also right. doesn't drown when you put him in water. On. <laughs> Yo, my favorite fact, to, total side note, but it's getting late and I'm starting to get a little, you know, ADD. Um, my favorite thing I learned in high school was that they used to tie 
suspected witches to chairs and throw them into lakes. And if they came back up, then they were a witch. Oh, dude, there's <laughs> and if they didn't, like that. there was one where like they would lick this burning hot stone, and if their tongues blistered, <laughs> they were a witch. Or yeah. put their hand so, in boiling so, water. Yeah. Such oh, weird stuff. But, yeah, so, I mean, just as far as themes, tones, atmosphere, the fucking soundtrack's amazing. The acting was great. We didn't really talk too much about the acting, but I think everybody did a solid job except for the over-dramatic little girl. Um, I think I'm going to come in with, like, an 8.3. Ooh, that's real high. Oh. And that, well, I, and in the and in the best way, that's a fan rating. In the best way, I can tell yeah. that that even still hurt him a little bit to give it an eight point three. <laughs> it was more of a nine, really. Yeah, right. That's like I, I definitely like that's the best kind of fan rating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I no, I, I just as a movie on its own. I mean, it's hard to say because, like, I, I am a fan of the series, so. I can't tell if I'm going back because I thoroughly enjoy the movie or if it's because I thoroughly enjoy the series and I'm just like, hey, it's the Silent Hill movie. But, I don't know. I don't think so much because, I mean, I'm not as much of a fan of Resident Evil, but I'm still a fan of the Resident Evil games and I'm not that way with the Resident Evil movie. So I think that this movie was just more tastefully done. Well, it had something I really else like Tomb Raider. It, you know. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, Roy. Uh, yeah, I... I'm actually not familiar with the game at all. Nice. So I'm going to come in... No balls, give it a one. Completely blind. And I'm a person that can... I suspend disbelief. Like So when you say, like, convoluted, like, to me, that's, like... What does that mean? Is that, is that a tropical fish? <laughs> I come in blind. I enjoyed this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. I was coming in, I thought it was, okay, it's a supernatural movie. You have ghosts. But it's, like you said, it's like a combination. Like, not just have, like, supernatural. You have cults yeah, and all these weird yeah, creatures. Yeah. I had no idea who Pyramid had, like, we was. Yeah, yeah, so you just, like, came mm-hmm. in to me. Yeah. And to someone not knowing the story it kind of leaves my imagination to try to create like where this guy came from right yeah sure so i um and as far as uh like i don't know if it's a sad ending or an optimistic ending because there's yeah there's a glimpse of hope mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but where it's not like the st- straight up triumph yeah you're right i mean i i enjoy that a lot yeah yeah and not the saddest, uh, the last American Virgin, saddest ending I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the eighties, so you know it's good. Oh, <laughs> Sierra will be putty in your hands for saying yeah. that. Like, <laughs> said, like, I don't know how many times. No, no, it wasn't eighties; it was seventies, right? No, I like the seventies. The eighties slashers are too much. Eighties like horror movies like make me feel certain ways that are not nice. Yeah. 70s was the big one for Sierra. I, I forgot that. Yeah, right. So 70s was the big one. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm giving you a moment. I'm sorry. Yeah. So as far as, uh, no, and, uh, like, I don't mind, like, the longevity, I guess, like, build up in a way. Right, sure. Um, so I'd give it, like, a 6.8. I was kind of going between a 6.5, maybe a 7. I'll go right in between 6.8. It's 
Nice. You, you don't nice. want to bump it up that point one, eh? Hey. Uh, no, that means I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to clarify. I want to clarify just real quick. I like movies with longer runtimes. It's not straight the runtime that bothered me. That's not it. I watch three, three and a half hour movies. I love them. They, those don't bug me. I just feel like... Those bugged me. No, I, I agree. It's definitely I, I the pacing. Like, I, I mean, I, the whole Sean Bean thing could completely be cut I out. I like the Sean Bean. I, I liked every... Every subplot this movie had, I didn't have any beefs with anywhere this movie wanted to go. I just feel like this movie, if you're going to make a longer movie, I feel like you could do more with the silence rather than just have them seek frightening things out of the corner of their eye, which leads them to the next thing. That That's all I'm saying. And, like, and I'm only saying that because we're on a movie review podcast, okay? If I was just watching this movie, I'd... I guarantee you I wouldn't ruin a party that's watching this movie by saying that, okay? <laughs> like, like, I would just enjoy it with everybody else, all right? I would love it if you did that, though. Like, everybody's enjoying the movie, and you're like... This is bullshit! Pacing issues! <laughs> Pacing issues! See, I... Right. So, like, it didn't uh, bother me I'm, too much because you, the whole... If you seen John um, about five years ago, he was that person yeah. during <laughs> movies. To the point where I started just watching movies all by myself, and then watched it with them. Well, but that's like, well, like, Roy's been really, really good for me, too, because, like, like Roy and my buddy Justin, the guy, we did, the, you know, the, some of the Big Red Devil photo shoots today, and Justin's very much that guy, too, like, just like a mega fan. And I heard, I mentioned this in the Artist Spotlight podcast, too, where, like, Rob Zombie had an interview one time, when they were asking him, like, well, how do you deal with some of the hate that comes out for some of your movies, or whatever, he goes, I never really thought about that, like hatred for movies like i watched everything like a mega fan and i loved everything so like as much as i love horror hate man i love and i cherish these opportunities to be on it hurts me in a way to be this critical it really does I, i'm serious i live for the i live for stories i live for make-believe i live for all this stuff so like but i feel like to be fair i can't i can't give every movie a 10 <laughs> like you know, just because the movies aren't perfect or they don't get high ratings doesn't mean doesn't mean you didn't love that them. they're not good or you didn't like them. Doesn't mean you didn't love them. You know, take like, Resident Evil for instance. We all said we had a lot of fun watching it, but it only scored in the five range. Case in yeah. point, I to this day you could pop on Sharknado in any <laughs> fucking aspect that I will love the shit out of that movie. Like I love how terrible it is. Me and Roy watched this movie with my sister. We're down for Crypticon. It's called Zombievers. And, yes! And it's literally about no Zombievers. Terrible movie. We put it on, and Jay, my my my, uh, my, uh, my brother-in-law, looked at me, and he's like, Zombie Beavers? Like, is that really, like, you guys are being horror guys? This is what you're into? And me and Roy look back at it, and we're like, I know! Like, <laughs> zombie Beavers, right? It's fucking great. So, like, yeah, no, critically, though, if I'm sitting, like, if we're going to sit down and review yeah. Zombie Beavers, I have to... But I still love that movie, you know, and it's like, I do live for stories. It hurts me to say some of this stuff. It does. But I mean, hey, look, man, we, we got to be fair. We got to do, do this the right way. But it's important for me to also make mention of the fact that I still love these stories. You know, very rarely do I come into a story and I just hate everything it had to bring me and it had no reason to exist. Human Centipede would, t- Human Centipede 2 would be one of them. Yeah. It's like, why yeah. does that fucking movie exist? You know, <laughs> and so like, and so like. And I feel like that's important on a podcast like this to always mention is that it's like, no, we do love horror movies. You know, 
That's why we're doing this, right? I, you know, we, we love horror. We love everything horror. Exactly. That's why we're doing this. But the point of it is to give a grade. If we wanted to literally geek out about it, we wouldn't give ratings, right? Exactly. And so, like, that, so, like, no, I'm not, I, no, don't get the wrong idea, Roy. Like, I'm not coming at you or whatever, you know, so it's like, but if we're looking at it critically, like, I gotta, I gotta commence some of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Roy, you're in the same room as him. You can fight him. <laughs> get him, Roy. Roy's been, wait, Roy's been in way more shit than I have, I'll tell you what, like, I got a big old, I got a big old bite on me, but, <laughs> but like, all right, John, where can people find you? Wait, did you give the average? Oh, no, the average score is a 7.4. That? And I guess it's fair. All right, on the count of five, we're going to do that on the count of five, I'll let's hear it count it down again. Count of five, we're going to yell, that's fair. Are we, are we saying that's oh, fair yeah, or fuck do, you, Erica? Do you want to do the count of five or do you want me to do... Just two, do three, please. Two, three. Okay, is it fuck you, saying... Erica, or is it fuck you, Erica? Fuck or... you, Erica, because she likes when we curse at her. All right, let's do it. Likes being cursed at her. Three or five. Three. Three. One, two, three. Fuck, fuck you, Erica! Erica! <laughs> Boom! Two little BSs on Silent Hill. And maybe, and maybe Dylan can fill this in for me. There was a trailer for this. And when she gives that line that I'm the Reaper, in the trailer... On only that line, her voice drops to that demonic growl. Oh, really? I would have loved to have seen that. When it's she's talking, she's like, I'm so-and-so. I am the Reaper. You know? You guys remember that at all? Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. What did that... Like, was that just for the trailer? Or... I don't know. I haven't watched the trailer in a long-ass time. The trailers like to fuck with us, kind of like the Evil Dead remake when they let out a trailer and they did the, like, Tommy can pee. And then it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, you know. just like that. Yeah, and so like, and then the other little caveat that I, that like we're dealing with talking about the soundtrack when she raises up in that cathedral in the end, and that organ music starts playing. Yes. Oh god damn man, talk about being hard for a fucking horror movie. Like that organ music starts playing. <laughs> I fucking loved every second of that. Like when the organ music plays and she's there in all her fucking splendor, and these barbed wire things raise up just like these demonic fucking wings. You know, <laughs> like. I was like, have your fucking moment, lady. Like, rip all these fuckers apart. <laughs> you know? I believe. You know, laser beams. Yeah. She just needs to laser beams. <laughs> but if she pulled them out, do you think that she would win the laser beam death of the week or no? If she That's had laser beams and just instead yeah. barbed wire? Oh, fuck yeah, I think she would. She had like a thousand pieces of barbed wire going on. So if there was just laser beams, sure. What about barbed wire laser beams? Barbed what wire. Is, what like, about the. Like the pew pew guns. Like the pew pew guns. Yeah. <laughs> if she pulled out a pew pew gun. To, my, to this day, my favorite meme I've ever seen is like when it's like Luke Skywalker shooting the gun or Han Solo shooting the gun. And it says, instead of saying pew pew, it's church pews. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. It's like two church pews. So you read it as pew pew. And it's All right, you need sleep. John, where can people find you? <laughs> that, that, that's as awesome as the... Um, the lightsaber fights that instead of the noise, you you hear Owen Wilson. Wow! Yes! <laughs> yeah, like, like every, every single wow he's ever done, they're doing lightsaber wars. Like wow, yeah. wow, 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 wow. Owen Wilson like made a statement. He's like, I don't say wow that much. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> the internet does. is a gift. <laughs> Sometimes the internet is a like gift. I feel like he always says wow. It's a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. wow. <laughs> and so it's like, I love the one, it's like this dramatic picture of Owen Wilson, and it's got a quote that just says, wow, Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Time for intro!
right, guys, it's Dylan and Sierra. We're doing this post-recording the episode. Um, we wanted to give you guys some time to give your feedback on the movies, but we did want to start including your guys' thoughts on the films to get you involved in the conversation a little bit more. Uh, we did get like a lot of responses as far as everybody's thoughts on the movies, so... If we don't read yours specifically, uh, we apologize. Just keep, keep commenting. commenting and maybe next time. Yeah. So um, I'm going to get started with thoughts on Resident Evil because we talked about that movie first. Uh, let's see. Nimrod Horror on Instagram. These are all off Instagram, by the way. Um, Nimrod Horror said, I loved it. I was, a big f- I was not a big gamer nor a zombie fan, so I did not have much interest when it first came out. Then I was bored one night and saw it on HBO or whatever channel it was. I was surprised at how good it was. The next day I went and bought it on DVD, and for like a week or so I played that movie nonstop. As a series, I have liked most of the films, but none were as good as the first. I agree. Yeah. You're right, Nimrod Horror. Um, Vincent underscore so underscore volatile said, I like the series. It wasn't the greatest adaption of it, but it was the best it could do for all audiences. Did more than Silent Hill could. Disagree. Ooh, Vincent, those are fighting words. <laughs> no, I, I do understand why people might like this more than uh, Silent Hill. But... I think as a series, yeah, I think that this stuff is... Well, like, I don't really like this series, but I, the second Silent Hill really ruined that being a series, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, look at that, Rich Felter said something. Rich Felter, 333. First one was good. If they used less CGI on the main antagonist in the end, it would be a lot better, which we agreed with when we were talking about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you'll see. Um... S. Barzi underscore author, our friend Sylvester, said, We love you. I love the series. It's a fun horror popcorn flick, but I would love a reboot that was closer to the games. I agree. Absolutely. Get on that. Capcom. All right, so now looking at your guys' thoughts on Silent Hill. I get to read these ones. All right. Okay, you got to help me with the Good run nocturne... Wrath. Wrath. <laughs> what the fuck? It was okay, but the games will always be so much better. Hell wow, yeah. you read you read okay, my next. thing. Okay. Warwager eight five eight underscore. That movie is so fucking badass, and I just adore Alessa's monologues. The movie's meaning is fucked and deep, and I took and it took me a while to truly understand it. The monsters are creepy and I love it. The main actor is a babe bab. But I think you meant babe, and I love it. Me too. Yeah. She is a babe. You're right. Space Age Dream said, I love the game. It was my second horror game I ever played on PlayStation. When it came out and I got... Parasite Eve. And I got into Parasite Eve first was RE. Resident Evil. Oh, it was Resident Evil. Then the movie came out and it was, ama- it was amazing. Such a great film. The second wasn't really as good though, but they did use the game soundtrack. The only thing going for it. We agree. <laughs> Sorry that I had such a hard time reading that. I suck. Uh, the man with the blue 72. That's a really catchy name. <laughs> I wasn't familiar with the game, but when I watched it, I remember it being very dark. The burning at the stake scene was pretty heavy. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have liked Salem in the 1700s. Us either. I, I definitely would have been burnt. Uh, Real James D., not only one of the best video game adaptions, but on its own, it stands as one of the best true horror films in recent memory. I mean, at no time do they give you any comic relief. It was full-on disturbing and twisted imagery, and I loved it. The sequel, though, not so much. Agreed. <laughs> David O'Sue! Go away, Dylan. 
been a while since I've seen what seen this one, but I love the creepy vibe of the of okay the vibe from the game that is brought to the film. The creatures look great, and I love the revenge story. I'd go with an eight out of ten. Me too, bro. Irish magpie. No, I want to read Irish magpies first. Okay. Two out of five. Great imagery. Shit acting. Ooh. Shite acting. Shite. Pulling out the... Shite. Cult of Grey. Is this Joey Grey? No, no, that's, uh, he's from That Strange Show. Oh, hey, That Strange Show. <laughs> Overall, solid flick. I don't normally support reboots, but this is one I could benefit from, that could benefit from modern effects and really be something visually stunning. I, it, okay, good comment. Cult of Grey, but I'm going to say instead of a reboot, maybe just redo the... So this. George Lucas it? Like they did yeah. with the... the yeah, but uh, don't put weird fucking dinosaur creatures in it, <laughs> like please. Um, Mar- March UUU underscore G period S. S. <laughs> it's, it's a great movie. I want the part three. You liked part two, dude? I want part three if they... I don't even want part three. Just make a game of the second... Or make a movie of the second game. That's all I want. For real. Thank you guys all for commenting and leaving your thoughts and whatever ratings, David Osu. <laughs> that's because he's been on. He knows. <laughs> you know the drill. No, um, but um, next week we're going to be covering the birds. Uh, so if you guys want to comment on our Instagram and let us know your thoughts on that we're movie. We're expecting double the comments since we're only covering one. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go back to the actual episode now. So if you guys are still listening, thanks for sticking in and enjoy the rest of the episode. Please forgive me for reading slow <laughs> all right so are we plugging now is that what we're doing yes plugs. <laughs> you can plug okay i'll make the i'll make this really really brief and awesome for anybody that stuck around this long you guys are fucking incredible and this isn't just about me tonight this is one of these really rare emotional nights um it's not just me on the podcast it is my man roy and Becca, who have done some serious artwork for me. Me and Roy are working on some serious shit moving forward with Skeleton Rose Media. So this isn't just John of Skeleton Rose Media. This is like a lot of Skeleton Rose Media joining Horror Haven tonight. So if I can geek out about that real quick, I would love to geek out about that. Like, I would have never imagined as a 12-year-old kid that anybody would be interested in anything I have written or have composed. So the fact that we're on a fucking horror podcast... Even as little as we are, you know, and I've like I've even gotten fan mail and stuff from like Instagram people that like dig what we're doing, you know what I mean? So it's like that's really, really fucking cool in any way, shape, or form. So anybody that's supporting independent horror in any way, shape, way, or form, if you guys are checking this out, you guys fucking rule. You are the reason why this stuff exists, and you can actually make dreams come true just by supporting. So I always say there's a thousand people like me, okay? There's a thousand people with a book idea, with a movie idea, with a with a song idea, whatever the real people that are worth their weight in gold is people that will support and eat, breathe and drink this shit. Like those are the really, really pe- important people that are worth their weight in gold. Those are the truly, truly special people, the people that are going to live and support and, and breathe this shit. So just as a quick little geek out, I'm sorry about this. I never once would have thought that like skeleton Rose media, some, some just chicken shit idea I had for like a horror culture celebration years back would have actually been this thing you know (laughs) so i'm just so 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 grateful and drinking up every single moment being here with people that i love and this includes everybody at horror haven as well 
like people that I love and cherish, and I would consider everybody on this podcast, even Eric, who's not with us tonight, and even Steven, who has enjoyed, like, I would consider them all family, you know. You guys, you're part of the Horror Haven family, too, guys. Exactly. So, like, this is the beautiful part of all of this, is that it's like, it's a family thing. It is like, it's, so I just geek out about that really, really hard. So, really quick, we're going to plug some stuff. <clears throat> at Skeleton Rose Media, you can find us on Instagram at Skeleton Rose Media, all one word. You can find us on Facebook at Skeleton Rose, which is where the music goes. We like uh, I write melodic death metal, and I incorporate a lot of artwork from a lot of the guys that I work with. Roy being one of them. Working forward, like as a serious, serious motherfucker, does some serious great artwork. Uh, Becca here, who's been on the podcast tonight, does some seriously great artwork. And some of the people that aren't here tonight, Brianna, and some of the other people that I also work with, that do some fantastic artwork for everything that we've done. Um, we're at we're on Instagram at Skeleton Rose Media. You can find us on Facebook at Skeleton Rose or Skeleton Rose Media. You can find everything that we've done at SkeletonRoseMedia.blogspot.com. There's a link to the music and the books. You can find all the books on uh, Amazon in either Kindle or paperback. And the music you can find anywhere you stream or download your digital music. It's for free in a lot of. It's for free in more venues than it is for purchase because I believe that anybody that's heard me talk over the radio airwaves should never have to pay to experience anything that I've created. Like everything is meant to be shared. I didn't create it to just sit on it. So anywhere that you get your digital music for free, Rhapsody, Rumblefish, Amazon, MP3, Google Play, Spotify, any of these places that you stream or download, it's available there. I promise you, it's also available for purchase on iTunes, anywhere else if you'd like to support or. Any other way that you want to support us, go ahead and send us a message. We'd be, we would love to hook you up in any way, shape, or form. We've got merch rolling out. We've got all different kinds of really, really cool stuff working forward at the beginning of this podcast. We talked about this re-release of the Big Red Devil that my man Roy, Becca, and all these people are doing some incredible artwork for. We did some pictures for it today to start with. Really, really cool stuff. I'm getting a bit long-winded, but I'm telling you, wheels are moving. Things are happening. And if you want to be part of this really, really cool celebration of horror culture, we are there for you. So I promise you, there's always all kinds of stuff that we're working on. Merchandise is rolling out. The re-release of The Big Red Devil is coming out. Books, music, the whole thing. Everything's great. Horror is fantastic. I love all of you. <laughs> I just touched his mouth and my finger just got burnt. <laughs> John, can you give that whole entire plug again? <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't but faster. <laughs> Twice as fast. Just in case, we better do a double take. Um, no, if you want to find us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast or on Twitter at Horror underscore Haven. We have a website somewhere floating in outer space. We if can, can tell find you what the fuck it is. Kudos Who, to you. We don't have our domain name. Next week we're going to be covering. Let us know. Um, yeah, we've been looking for website. it. <laughs> yeah, we don't know where it is. It's like the G spot. No one can find it. Whoa. No one can find it. But the website looks really you know good. There's somewhere. You know somewhere, and you're going to scream, oh, God, oh, God. When you find it, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like the Kool-Aid man stringing through the fucking wall. Oh, yeah. Damn yeah. straight. Oh, uh, yeah. Dig it. You know me. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering. Um, we're going to be doing an Alfred Hitchcock episode. We're going to be covering Dial M for Murder and The Birds. Ooh. So we're bringing it back, guys. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you've stuck in this long, thank you, John, Becca, Roy, for coming on, talking with us. We love you, Minnesotans. Fuck yeah! <laughs> All right, have a good night. Horns high. Stay brutal, everybody. <laughs>